so many people to thank for being here, but I really have to thank Facebook. heard about the campaign to get me to host Saturday Night Live, I didn't know what Facebook was. (laughs) And now that I do know what it is, I have to say, it sounds like a huge waste of time. Oh, Betty White. Well, you got that right, Betty, wherever you are. Um, Yeah, that was was 11 years ago. um, And uh, Betty coming in hot on Facebook before everybody thought it was the big evil... uh, Evil Empire, but it did give uh, give her to us on Saturday Night Live. So I guess that's one. Yeah, and she was old then. Lining. <laughs> yeah, she's and been old for fifty years. And then ninety nine, she passes right before her hundredth birthday. You know what's really extraordinary about Betty White is Golden Girls is what we all know her for. And, yep. and honestly, even if you had been around earlier, I think that's probably the show she's most associated with. Sure. She started Golden Girls at age 63. Is that true? So, so imagine, yeah, I guess that's true. Like 80, 1985. So imagine like <laughs> starting the project. She's that had you're a whole be most, career. Yeah, that's going to be most iconic at 63. She starts a new career. Crazy. Uh, really, truly crazy uh, how long she became or she was. She stayed relevant. Um, and Yeah, uh, what a run. Unfortunately, she, she passed away recently. She, along she with, had this whole second run um, yeah. of like uh, at the end in the last ten years, just being like a personality. It's you know it, what I mean, like purely just a name, a per, yeah, yeah, person. She um, like hit her biggest fame moment. <laughs> very interesting. Yeah, I mean, she's on T-shirts and mugs, and for no other reason than her name and her per- personality and yeah. herself. You, you know, you'd be hard pressed to beat that as a as a run. Just looking at it life wise right. and career wise, yeah, does it get better? You know what I mean, like. <laughs> To have Can this you do better than most that? beloved last 10 years in exactly. your 90s um, is kind of wild. Very wild. so active yeah. and everything. So. Um, well, Rest here's to Betty White. Peace, um, Betty White. Welcome to episode 47. We are uh, mid-January 2022. Uh, COVID is everywhere. Pandemic year 75. Not, not, yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're still here. The birds have stopped singing. Um, but uh, we we are here just to talk about movies and shit um, because that's what we love. And that's what's getting us through. And yeah, exactly. That is what's getting us through um, because work be damned. Um, yeah, we, we just want to watch movies. Said everyone together we collectively, yeah, apparently. Exactly. Well, I don't know when people will go back to work, but it's not yet. Um, well, should we hop right into movies we've seen recently? Yeah, we should because, because I've it's been seen a wild season. more than um, this is probably going to be the biggest batch that I have seen mm-hmm. from one podcast to another. Probably and the most I've seen since I moved back to North Carolina. No shit. Back before when I used to just watch things all well, the time. Well, then I'm going to assume that you've seen all the stuff I haven't seen because throughout December, and then into January, I was I was away. I was out of town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, until the end, until basically New Year's, and then I worked for two weeks in Vegas, and uh, and I just got back a few days ago. So I'm I'm now playing catch up. Yeah, um, we switched places for sure. So <laughs> you know, um, I guess we should start with the really big one, which is Spider Man. Um, um, we should, and let me just say, there's only one movie on your list, and you'll find out eventually that I have sure. not seen, and okay. it's the one that's the most important to me. But we'll okay. get, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, so enough. yeah, we saw Spider Man um, right there around when it opened. You yeah, saw it we, as well. We I did assume. too. We were we were in New York, um, you know, metro area, and uh, we actually went and saw it in New Jersey, um, and that was not not an ideal environment 
to see it in. Mm-hmm. It was purely about we had one afternoon and where we were. And uh, so I'm so picky about my theaters. I would have much rather gone to uh, like Lincoln Square uh, AMC in New York, uh, which is a good theater. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, we ended up at a random AMC in, in New Jersey. Fair and enough. it was fine. Um, the quality standards for that particular theater were not, not as so great. up yeah. to snuff. And, you know, uh, this is a technical detail that is uh, just for whatever reason I'm going to share. Um, when you go and see Dolby uh, Cinema, uh, you know, projection, uh, you go and see it in the Dolby screen. Um there is uh, the concept that sometimes the projectors are out of alignment. There, It's mm-hmm. not out of focus. There are two projectors projecting the same image, and they have to be exactly lined up. It's called convergence. And so if you ever go to a Dolby, or IMAX, by the way, it also does this, um, and it looks a little off, uh, like almost out of focus. It's right. not out of focus. It is that the projectors have moved, which is very easy to do. If anybody bumps them or anything like yeah. that, it yeah. can just move. And that's how Spider-Man was for us. Ugh. And it's just uh, unfortunate because then it feels out of focus the whole time. Um, so I didn't have the best technical experience. Um, well, what an artistic choice for a movie about the world being out of alignment <laughs> to also yes. show it out of focus. Oh, they did it on purpose. Very okay, You're so positive. Yeah, that's my spin. <laughs> I'm to Anyways, it. so we we still saw it and we still very much enjoyed it. Um, I am of the mind that it is nowhere near as good as people <laughs> claim Agreed. it to be. Agreed. Like not even close. Uh, my my gut reaction was three and a half on uh, on Letterbox. Yeah, that was exactly where I put it. And it that's and where I am. and um, I I think this just speaks to. Uh, fan service and oh, yeah. simply the wish fulfillment of if you throw the three <laughs> Spider-Man on, and look, it was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah. But if you throw the three Spider-Mans or Spider-Men on screen that people wanted, not that the story is not good, but suddenly in people's minds and in the masses, you know, as far as how they rate stuff, for some reason that almost gives it like a full extra star, I guess, to most That's people. That's exactly Just right. in looking around it, and seeing, you know, and it is cool, but it's a cool trick. And then once it the is trick's a done, trick. that's it. It is a trick, but it's also... I th- I'm sure you agree with this, especially because we worked for work at Sony for so long. Um, I, I think that additional star, or whatever you call it, that additional merit, is for their, like their uh, willingness to do something different. And and it shouldn't be that they get a whole lot of credit for doing what people wanted, but it is, uh, it is just wild. Yeah. Like when, you know, it's, it's just anything unprecedented in movies, a very meta. Right. Stuff like this is always going to give me a little bit, you know, more sure satisfaction. So yeah, yeah. a a couple thoughts on it. I mean, uh, very enjoyable and no way am I knocking it. It's a, it's a really good Spider-Man. It's not just a good one, but it's a really good Spider-Man. Exactly. Exactly. That said, um, the, the, um, having the three of them was nice. Yeah. Especially Garfield for me. Um, yeah, I always I felt like he had he, a bad rap <laughs> and I just threw like, as the winner. Here. Yeah. Well, he, <laughs> he just, he genuinely from everything you can tell from interviews and stuff, genuinely just cares so much about it. Clearly was hurt so much by yeah. kind of his run being the, you know, the, the, uh, the lesser brother or whatever. Yeah. Ones, like yeah. the stepsister or whatever. Well, Spider-Man three. Yeah. So well, hey, listen, you, and for some reason yeah. we don't hold that against Toby because of the other two good ones. But, right. but, um, I, I just think it was nice for him him to kind of have that closure moment yes. or whatever. They'll probably bring him back again now that it made money. Oh, wait, yeah, but, yeah. Um, the, but the, the two things that I'll say 
sort of working against it, not working against it, but the things that don't take it to that next level to me. Yeah. One, uh, Into the Spider-Verse already did this and did this better. I, <laughs> yes. I, I understand yes. that we didn't get the they actors did. that played our <laughs> Spider-Mans, but for something to come so closely on the heels of something that really took a chance before people knew whether they well, wanted a it. A much wider swing. And then swing. when it was yeah. clear that people wanted it, oh, people want this, now we'll give you exactly what you want. That's one thing. The other thing is the plot itself um, I mean, you got to let yourself go a little bit with comic books. I'm, yeah. I don't have that high a standard anyway. But if I was to nitpick, if this was something that was important to me and I was then holding this movie up against great movies, right? Yeah. The thing I would say is if there is a spell to make everyone forget what's going on, then use that on Thanos and let's not have everyone die. You know what I mean? There's all kinds of plot holes like this in anything this big with so many different installments you kind of have to yeah. just let that go because they're, but again, it's one of those things where they, they, they have such a well-oiled machine. It works so well together somehow, even though it probably shouldn't, um, that I feel kind of ridiculous nitpicking that, but it is that thing where it's like, wow, this whole thing happened and the universe got thrown out of alignment because one kid <laughs> was, you know, upset and the, the doctor strange was supposed to not do it. And he was like, I'm still going to do it. Cause I like this kid. The, and he could have used it in other ways that would have probably been more helpful. The motivational, yeah. Thread of doctor strange contributing to this whole thing is very haphazard. It's very flimsy and you're just kind of like, just why to leave him into his ha- next movie. Yeah. It's why just is the same this thing happening? So many of them. Um, yeah. So, and, and honestly the first probably 20 to 30 minutes of this Spider-Man, I was just like, this feels really weird. That whole sequence of, um, them coming home from kind of being found out or outed yeah. and yeah. then, uh, you know, happy's there and they're trying to break up and this whole thing. It was all <laughs> right. like, I know it was supposed to be like kind of chaotic and everything, but it was very poorly constructed and written and executed and blocked. It just felt so not solid to me. Right. And, and honestly, most of the movie felt sort of like that up until, you bring them all in and it was super fun. uh, And then it's super fun. And, and honestly, Toby so wonderful too, like just different, but yeah, um, his youth pastor, you're going to look like a youth pastor. or You're going to have a (laughs) Spider-Man suit was really, I laughed out. I think I laughed out loud. There, there are some, yeah, deliveries and, uh, and yeah, it's it's great to see enjoyable movie. You know, like I said, I'm just nitpicking around, but it it was fun. I think for us, it was not the, uh, one of the greatest five superhero movies ever. I think for us, which is what everyone is saying, but, um, what do you, well, I mean, and we will maybe talk about this later, but Spider-Man is now, I think, number six in the highest grossing yeah. movie. Six yeah. or eight in the highest grossing movies of all time. Right. Um, it was the highest, or excuse me, it was the th- third highest, second highest, second highest weekend grosses. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, beating out Infinity War and Force Awakens and just underneath Endgame. But overall grosses, uh, it's still, I think, six or eight, and which is the, a huge deal. And none deal. of this matters because it's not adjusted for inflation. It is still a huge deal. Yes. But in regards to the actual ranking of them, it doesn't matter. I always want to know. What matters is that it joined that group. It did. And matters. I always want to know. I don't want to know the dollar amount. I want to know how many people saw tickets, it. Tickets. Yeah. And they don't. We need to count tickets. That's not that's how a you do statistic. It. Yeah. That's absolutely what it should be. Even then. It's like because money is like bullshit. Well, it's like comparing eras and anything. Even then, how do you how do you compare Gone with the Wind when there were no TVs and no one had anything to do at home and stuff right. ran for years versus now when you've got a megaplex with 12, ten different movies going and you've got stuff at home and everything. But at least if you did tickets, you would still know asses in the seats, right? Yep. That that's yep. ultimately what we should be judging. It's very but there's confusing. No way to know. Yeah. No. So anyway. Okay. So moving along, well, what do you got next? Um. Really, really, really loved the Steven Spielberg West Side Story. That oh, didn't me make, too. That didn't make any money. I was going to ask you, I was going to try to not look at your um, 
your uh, my notes let letterboxed. <laughs> oh, letterboxed. But, um, yeah. but I saw your ranking. I so only I knew saw you liked it. it. Uh, yeah, two days ago, I think, or yes, yesterday or two days ago. Uh, yeah, Thursday. And the um, just to recap, I saw the original only like three, four months ago, and I not talked about it on, on this it. podcast, yeah. and I could not have cared any less. Nor was I. Nor was I. I thought it was very of kind of. Um, uh, it's of course dated, and this is me trying to take out the age and the era f- uh, out of it, and the 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 fact that I can't connect to, which is that it was like groundbreaking and all these things. Uh-huh. If I choreography take, is incredible, if I take all those stuff. things out of it, because I can't speak to any of that. Um, what I will say about the original is that um, I wasn't a big fan of the performances. Yeah. Yeah, like I think that's my biggest thing is Very that I dated. watched that original and I'm like, I don't really like the, I don't connect to the performances. I mean, a couple of them maybe, but the majority of the cast, I was like, I'm not a huge fan of their voice. Yeah, I'm not, I, I mean, that's say. a big one. The um, leads with particularly Tony, yeah. with Tony and Maria are I'm not just strong like, singers. No, in the I original. don't like it. Steven Spielberg has absolutely made a masterpiece. Fucking filmmaker, man. Masterpiece. A filmmaker. That original was like. I guess this is this is this is a given, but that original was a stage play yes. that was converted into film, right, right, in the best way that they could at the time. What I Stevens, don't even know if it's the best way they could. Okay, at the well, time. Honestly, that's fair. I'm just, I've seen other musicals. I'm giving him the benefit of yeah. the doubt. Um, whereas Steven Spielberg has made a fucking movie out yeah. of this story, yeah. and I am not a musical fan, but it is so engaging. Uh, and dynamic. That's what I right. kept thinking. The, right. the cinematography, the camera moves, yeah. the Steven Spielberg of it all is so They're dynamic. They're using the tools of filmmaking Holy to fuck. tell the story. Throughout the movie, I was just like, oh my God, this is like a good action movie. I was yeah. so engaged yeah. on a scene-to-scene basis. And then on top of that, and I'm not a big Ansel Elgort fan. I'm not, I don't really care. He blew um, me away. I, I thought he was no fantastic. idea that his voice was that good. I had no idea he had He's that range. He's so his much better than the original Tony to me. Yeah. And then uh, so incredible. is uh, Maria. I don't know that actress's name, but yeah. they like her. The, the and Anita, this uh, Maria so and this Anita, they're all just like so stellar. Especially in that last thirty minutes, you're so it's so dark. Yes, and it yes. leans Powerful. into the darkness yeah. so well. And you, I just had chills, and then I just, I was just, you know, these moments of of song right. between two people, the reflections of people's faces in glass. I was blown away by these moments that are so fleeting, and you're like, how did they even? How can you even nail a moment that well? And I guess yeah. it's the Steven Spielberg of, of it all, because you have a bunch yeah, of he's still the relatively man. unknown. Uh, uh, film actors like a lot of these people I assume have come maybe from other yeah. industries or are just new and young um, and he just fucking nailed it all and I you know so much uh, you know emotion in that last 20-30 minutes I mean everyone in my theater was crying like so yeah. audibly so audibly for like a straight 20 minutes well it sounds like we're on the same page here I'll, I have so many thoughts so I'll try to keep it no, good, please. as brief as I can um, you know Spielberg's my guy and yeah. it was just nice for him to flex again yes. it's been a long time yes. and it was just a nice reminder that yeah he's still the fucking king he's the man in terms he's of like man. just entertainment and artistry kind of um, entertainment for, you know, the masses and artistry kind of coming yeah. together to me. Um, <clears throat> the first one, as we both talked about, I think was um, um, iconic for its, you know, its dance choreography. Like you said, all the mm. things that are already on the stage. This was dynamic because 
of the filmmaking. I mean, this was, yes. we, we're going to use the, the language of cinema, you know what I mean? And what we can do with a camera and lighting and everything, you know what I mean? Just cinematography, everything. And we're going to tell the story. Yeah. The dance and everything will be going on, but what we're going to do technically is how we're going to elevate this to the next level. Um, and in addition to that, like you talked about performances, really, really great as well. Voices were so good, so strong throughout top to bottom. Yes. Um, my mom went and saw this twice in the theater. Did she really? My mom hasn't seen something twice in the theater oh, in 30 years. That makes me so happy. <laughs> um, she was blown away. She said, Patrick, because my mom's seen a thousand musicals right. more than me. She was like, I left. And she's like, this sounds crazy. I need more time. But I left and I was like, is that the best musical I've ever seen I, on screen? And oh, that's just so nice. That, and, 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 and I also, I, you know, it didn't leap quite as high for me, but like I have my, like my top tier. Literally, there's like three musicals that are like my in my clump of favorite what are movies they? ever. Um, it's uh, Singing in the Rain, which yep. is the the you know not interesting choice, but it's, <laughs> but it's true. It's it's what it is for a it's reason. It's about filmmaking. We're always going to put it. At the <laughs> yeah, top. yeah. Go on. There's uh, Camelot, which to me oh, wow. is I've less less about same thing, like strong voices and great songs, as much as it's just it happens to be a musical and the story and the movie to me are. Wait, are Just there swords? All, all time. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and horses, Kelly. You did Oh, fuck, it. I'm out. Uh, yeah. Um, but it's just the, the story itself and the, yeah. and the thing. Um, as far as like modern musicals go, um, I have always loved, and def- I'll defend to the death, Moulin Rouge. Uh, ah. Everything about that, sort of the bohemian spirit of that. I'll that, tell you something. I don't think I've seen that. Oh, my God. I truly don't. And I don't think it's I've seen Lord Chicago either. <laughs> so... And Chicago is one of those ones that's it, yeah. it's more highly revered. Like Moulin Rouge, I think, kind of kicked the doors down to start musicals back up in theaters. And then Chicago, like, won Best Picture, so right, it kind of took right. it to the next level. But kind of with Moulin Rouge, just the choice to use pop music yep. of the time as the poetry of this character. Is Moulin Rouge... Um, it's Baz Luhrmann. Baz Luhrmann. I'm just yeah. so not a fan of his. Yeah, so I, I, I understand. And listen, yeah. it's the only movie... I do like his Romeo and Juliet for all its kind of MTV-ness. Mm-hmm. But, um, it, but those are the only two movies. That, it's not that I'm a Luhrmann fan. Okay. Yeah, However... Sure. For a musical which lends itself to, to using costumes and colors and that kind of editing and all the things they do in Moulin Rouge, yeah. to me, it's like just kind of a feast in terms of like, Interesting. it's dialed up to 11, and if that doesn't work to, for you, it's not going to, but if you like musicals, to me, that's an example of a musical that's absolutely sucking everything it can get, like all of the marrow you know, out of the, you know, the that's bone good. for that. So anyway, those, and then Grease, which is to oh, me yeah, just Grease, the, the, one of the just most <clears throat> pleasing, audience-pleasing yeah. you know, flicks you're going to get. So... West Side Story landed directly below that tier, and I'm talking like right below it, mm-hmm. along with like La La Land for me. The, these I was going to say La La Land is my it, my jam. Yeah. We're talking like you know five stars or four and a half for me. That's yeah, like that's yeah. where it is. So and and again, maybe it climbs over time, but you know the story itself is Romeo and Juliet, yeah. but but it's also <clears throat> in America in the streets dealing with racism. It's not mm-hmm. so much just rival families. And that makes it feel to me even more powerful and more topical, more relevant to right now than um, than like the core story that it's based on, yeah. the Romeo and Juliet story is. Because yeah, you've got the star-crossed lovers and the two kids who aren't gonna you know gonna be able to get together, but you've got this bigger element with all of these other people in society and us not being able to get along. And you talked about hearing people cry, dude. I don't I don't um, cry like openly, but but I'll well up 
Sure. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I was welling up and having to kind of wipe my eyes to see for the last hour. That's of that what movie, I'm saying. Continuously. It's continuously for had an emotional, at least 30 minutes. I haven't I, had an emotional experience I used like that all the napkins forever. I had. Yeah. Every was, single one. I could not believe... Yeah how caught up in and I was knowing the story already. Yeah, that's and, exactly and, my point. And knowing where we were going. We and totally know ending, the whole story. Uh, her, her yelling and now I know how to kill, you know, all these things. Oh, she was spoiler alert, outstanding. Um, outstanding. It, it, it just hit so perfectly. The choice to use Rita uh, Moreno, yeah, yeah, the yeah. original, uh, because yeah, you know, the, the shop recast. was, she talks about her husband passing. The shop was run by him in the right. original movie and story. And that I thought they was strong yeah. and having her talk about how I'm looked at from you guys as you, because I married in, but mm-hmm. I'm looked at, you know, that kind of, that just added another layer to it. And I don't know, I could go on and on the one really depressing thing to me. And we've, we've spoken about this before. It's just where we are industry wise, but the fact that it's, not making, making money, no money and That's people exactly aren't right. going to see this absolute masterpiece. The unfortunate thing kind is of breaks me. we've talked um, about it now and by the time this is out and people are listening to this, it'll probably be out of theaters. If you have an opportunity to see it in the theater, I can't stress yeah, enough go. that don't if I had idiot. seen this at home, I just don't think it would have been there. I mean, it, it's all there, but I just yeah, mean that yeah. I didn't even see it in a big, big theater. I saw it in a relatively small showing, but it is so beautifully shot and it's just so rich. Um, please see it in the theater if you can. Right. Um, right. That's sure. uh, that's all I really need to say yeah. about that. Fantastic. Um, Can't rate it highly enough. So definitely check it let's, out. Let's uh, really change gears. Um, did you see Matrix Resurrections? We haven't talked about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I've talked about this before. You know, the original Matrix to me is it, just in terms of concept and um, ambition. Yes. Is about as like perfect in an ambition you could have right. like in terms of what you're trying to do with multiple layers and like, you know, the subtext being something that speaks to people on one level. And then for people who maybe don't get that or people who don't care having all the visual stuff and all the stuff right on the surface. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I would dream of kind of putting out there as a movie outside of that, the sequels to me, there's a couple sequences that are really strong, mm-hmm. but the sequels to me were such a letdown anyway. And continuing the story was such a mistake that I didn't care at all that they came back for the fourth one because it had already kind of yeah we've talked about this so it didn't I matter also to me. was totally disconnected from this you know franchise I right just don't, I did right. rewatch both of them before this both of the, excuse me both of the sequels right before this and I will say that I far prefer uh, Revolutions to Reloaded which is I know counter to oh, most interesting. people yeah interesting. Um, I just think there's far more uh, substance to that movie but. Um, but anyways, uh, well, was... I thought this one was less necessary and dumber than the other sequels, <laughs> but also I found it just as enjoyable. I, I, I just cared so little for the other two that I was kind of like, okay, yeah, fuck it. Let's I know do whatever. what I'm going in for. <laughs> and, and I had a, I had a good time. There were several head scratching moments where I was just like, what? All right. But I, but I, I still went with it and kind of didn't care. And there were some interesting ideas that, that the were dropped The unfortunate in. thing about this one is that it has a very, very different uh, action style from yeah, the other one. I it know. has a different visual style, like color-wise and cinematography-wise, which is fine. I think that was all deliberate. They wanted The Matrix to feel different and not gray and green and right. flat, right. Um, which is all fine. I think that's all very, very much deliberate. I don't think it was deliberate to have really, really subpar action. 
And I yeah, think there was that not no they, blown away moments because they just didn't have the same people and the same. Well, and also all Neo team. did at this point, he went right back into God mode. So he was just <laughs> slinging millions <laughs> of just, people. He wasn't doing yeah. anything physically. It, so. it felt, yeah, it felt flat in that area. But I will say that I so thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed um, essentially the, uh, I, I mean, I'm there. I say the plot, like the plot of this movie is so ridiculous and it is such an, a big fuck you to Warner brothers from <laughs> Lana Wachowski. She clearly wrote this and was like, fuck you. I'm going to make the most, I dare I say self-aware, right? Meta. I mean, that's yeah. what it is. It is, it is a meta movie about the matrix uh, and about, the, the, the movie, vid, the, the video game idea, and yeah. trying to plant this in the guy's head. Um, and even though there are plenty it. of moments uh, with especially like that team, that video game team that are just so cringy and dumb. Um, yeah, they really were. The man. content of, of it. it is really, really fun. And I love this stuff. Uh, anytime someone's super, super meta in a movie, it just feels it feels fun to me. I'm not saying it's good. It's just entertaining. Do you think we've um, kind of painted our storytellers into a corner? I left this movie <laughs> yes, thinking. This is a good example. Yeah, I left this movie thinking like, I almost feel like they, we all know that. And, and if we didn't have all these <laughs> trolls on the internet being like, oh, you're not aware. Like, you don't think we can see where you're doing. It doesn't matter if you can see what they're doing. They know what they're doing too. I almost yeah. feel like some of it, and especially how much of that there was, is the filmmakers, almost, you almost have to check these boxes and be like, okay, Let's make sure we look at the audience and we say, we're not dumb. We get it also. Did you watch but we're gonna lean the into Half it. in the Bag on this? Yeah, yeah, no, I haven't. Oh, they my talk God. About this? Go home and watch okay, the Half in the will. Bag on Matrix Resurrection. Shout out to Red Letter Media. Exactly. And they uh, they have a great episode on it. And I'm, I feel 100% with them because they enjoyed it. They, I just, listen, spoiler alert, they I, enjoyed it. And there is one line, which is, this movie is critic-proof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, they're protecting themselves. You can't say and listen, anything about it. This anything is my, you say is in the movie. This is my complaint, not about the movie, but about um, about people. And look, I love uh, you know Plinkett as much as anybody, mm-hmm. and I and I dissect this stuff too because that's what sure. we do. But I I'm still a, I'm cynical as fuck now, but <laughs> uh, but I'm still a sincere person, and it kind of bothers me that as a society we're not allowed to make a sen- a, a sincere movie anymore. Like this is part of the reason that people. You know, for so long we're shitting on Keanu Reeves, right? It's like he's almost sincere to a fault, and mm-hmm. we won't accept it. Like we have to take him as like a parody of himself, he's a, he's a, even though a joke, yeah. if you understand that this guy is one hundred percent committed and sincere in everything he does, yeah. it may not be your style. Like it, it literally might be so over the top or goofy that you can't accept it. But he's still bringing everything he's got to it. It's almost like Nicolas Cage when Nicolas Cage really mm-hmm, cares. Mm-hmm. Same thing, right? Sylvester Stallone, where people think he's just doing this Rocky Im- impersonation now, but it's one of the most sincere, you know what I mean? Like yes. characters that a person could bring. So it, it kind of bugs me, man. It's not a knock on the movie at all. It's kind of a knock on us and audiences. And I just, I wish we would kind of accept something and enjoy it as fun because I think a lot of the eighties and nineties movies that we really loved for audience pictures, you could pick them apart the same way, but we were just fine going on the ride. We weren't, we weren't, you know, we didn't have to be smarter. I think we're, we're more concerned now getting online and seeming smart and seeming like the incredibly intelligent critic. Look at the hole I found in this. Yeah. Then enjoying it. And I'm not saying there aren't plot holes. I point them out all the time, but 
I think we go in looking to tear something down rather than going in looking to enjoy it, right? And then if it's bad, you tear it down. I, I don't know. I'm sure that Lana Wachowski would agree with you because that's very apparent from this right, movie that right. it is a fuck you to the audience and to to, to Warner Brothers and everything. <laughs> um, but it, all of that being said, I actually think that in the long run, Matrix Resurrections is going to have a very uh, good life. And I think it right. will, I think it might grow in people's acclaim, you know, or whatever over time. Yeah. Um, did you see nightmare alley? Yes, I did. So I saw that only a couple of nights ago. I think um, I might've enjoyed it more than you, but I can't remember. What I your was. super struggled, uh, through, I would say the first hour. Or so it's a long movie. It's an unnecessarily long movie. I think it's at like, it one, is too two, long two thirty, And it's also devastating. And, um, the, yeah, the, the last 20 minutes it is or so is fantastic. I was yeah. like, Oh, I'm all in on this. Um, where it gets to that final, but, but here's the thing. I realize that this is based on a 1940s novel or whatever it was. Right. Sorry, I think sorry, there was whatever. an older movie too. Uh, oh, did it? Was it? Um, I think. but, uh, but regardless, I don't know that content. And all I know is that the first hour and a half, at least of it, you have absolutely no idea where it's going in a very bad way to me. I do agree with you on this. It just like uh, has absolutely no direction. Here's and the thing. nothing actually happens. Here's why I can only subjectively uh, uh, defend this movie. Because you're right on all the objective levels. <laughs> I am such a Del Toro fan. Yeah, I mean, and if you say fantastic. Del Toro, Film Noir, and The Circus, yeah. I'll live in that world and just meander around for fine, yeah. an hour and a half. Now... If yeah. that's not your speed, like if you drop me into a movie genre, the exact same thing that I that I don't care for, mm-hmm. then I'm gonna have the same reaction you do, and I and I agree with you 100. percent I'm just they had yeah. me at go I got for this you. one. I got you. Um, but yeah, you're 100 percent right. I think Bradley Cooper does a great job mm-hmm. performance, and like I said, the ending has so much power. Yes, that I agree. It, you leave like on a high note, regardless. But yeah, everything you said is. Oh, correct. He, I think he totally nailed the ending. I thoroughly enjoyed oh everything that led up to that and the the. You know, so had this. I'm struggling to um, to say any more about it uh, without being negative. But um, but he, uh, Tel Toro, is such an outstanding director. He's one of the best directors alive, and uh, every performance in it is outstanding. I don't really like Kate Blanchett in it, which is weird because I love her and everything. Um, I thought she was really boring. It was a strange role for her because she is so talented. I mean, I always talk yeah, about her no, as she like the only person that can go toe to toe with like Meryl Streep for me in my mind. Laurie had a great. I, I don't know if this is this isn't really a spoiler. This is like a what if. Um, Laurie had a great point, which is like the entire subplot of Kate Blanchett could go away. She doesn't do anything. <laughs> And the well, and she other provides him with information. Pull which the carpet out from him at he, the end, but that could have come out could, anyway. It could have come from anywhere, and and uh, she was like, "Why didn't he just learn all of this stuff on his own? He could have been a little more enterprise. He could have been at the clerk's yeah. office. He could have been at the police station. He could have done all the research seer, on all of this, right? As a seer, yeah, and uh, and as a, like a, as a detective, you know, a detective type in a, in a film noir. But no, he's getting this information from her, and that's the she's the only." 
Well, one of the famous tells, yeah, one, of the, one of the famous staples like... of noir films is the femme fatale. Yeah, sure. And she whatever. fills that role, but you're right. Again, I, again, I'm just The motivations the are not there. And the motivation of her in her final scene is not there. Other than to just it, literally, uh, revenge. You're right? It's very it's thin. Revenge. It's very thin. Oh, she was okay. embarrassed once, once in exactly front of some people, for, for three and minutes in front of a guy, small group of people, which says a lot about Ugh. her. But unless you're going to stay with her character longer and explore yeah, that, exactly, it's kind of like, yeah. I, I agree. With super sad. Me and Laurie, Laurie especially was just like that sucked. And you could have saved thirty minutes of the movie by not having her subplot in yeah, there. That would have kind of and given him a little bit more to do on his own. Um, or and, fleshed out even more the relationship between he and Rooney Mara's or that, character, yeah, which was absolutely, which was you know it was there, but it was kind of in the background the whole time. It's so. kind of supposed to be in the background, but you right. could have. I, I don't know. It just it was rough. Anyways, moving on from Nightmare Alley. Um, what do you got next? Well, let me um, let me rattle off at the risk of going for like ten hours because I've seen so many things. Let no, me well, this will be a long several, episode. But tell me a few, yeah. And then and then I, there's a couple I want to talk about. I don't want to yes. get into every single Go one. Ahead. I watched uh, the documentary Clerk, which is about Kevin Smith. I don't oh, know if you've seen that. I know, pop I haven't. As a Kevin Smith fan, yeah, highly recommend. Um, beyond that, not a documentary anybody has to see. But like, if you're like me and you followed his career and he, sure. he's important to you know a generation of you know storytellers. Then uh, really interesting to watch. I uh, got around to watching Jagged, which you already talked about. On oh, episode, sure. Yeah. But really enjoyed that. They continue to crush Great. it with the music box. Um, saw The King's Man. You haven't seen that one yet, so we'll save that. Yep. Saw Encanto, uh, Sing 2, Tragedy of Macbeth, which I enjoyed. I um, visually very striking. But the two that I want to talk about, yeah. I don't know if you've seen them, are uh, Being the Ricardos and Don't Look Up. So I haven't seen Being the Ricardos. Okay. I actually started it. I'm like 20 minutes in, and I, I was struggling to engage with it. Um, Fair but enough. Uh, but I, and I know that that's a lot of people's opinion. Um, I will be finishing it soon. But let's talk about Don't Look Up. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, again, not like an all time great movie for me, right. but um, but really enjoyed it. Thought they did a good job. I I this is one that kind of like what you were talking about with Nightmare Alley. For the first hour, <laughs> yeah. I was sort of like, okay, like I, this is fine. And then for the next hour and a half, I was like, oh, here's the movie. You know what I mean? Like I, I was on board for the movie at that point. Um, I just thought it, it did do a good job balancing the comedy and not completely devastating us, but like, but also showing like all of the problems that are really truly here, I think, in our society now. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it on the whole, and I... Towards the end, I, I really got pulled in more than I thought I was going to. Interesting. Um, I'm not a fan of it. I don't remember what I gave it on Letterboxd, but uh, probably three. I would even go as far as saying I should probably change it to a two and a half if I gave it a three. Um, I just didn't care. Um, and th th at no point, d there's like, uh, it's a comedy. It is a dark comedy, yeah, dark comedy. because the the subject is so serious, um, uh, which is climate change. Uh, and obviously everyone wants to attribute it, you know, the put, you know, insert satire here, but it is, um, it's just not engaging to me. I really didn't care. I thought it was really weirdly constructed. Uh, I'm a relatively decent fan 
of Adam McKay. I think the big short is outstanding. I loved vice. Yeah. Um, he's made he's some good. really wonderful movies recently and uh, wait for his I Lakers just don't take. give a shit about this movie. Um, I think there's also some really weird sound in it. I know that that's mm, a, kind that's of a more, subjective yeah, thing, but more than me. but uh, like that scene where he, where Leo is yelling in the the film studio, his big like speech in the TV studio, um, is like we're hearing we're hearing microphones that are not near his mouth. So we're hearing the whole room and uh, I'm just like, well, is that deliberate? That's so weird and jarring. And I would assume it's all deliberate, but it's very weird. Um, And at the end of the day, like this is a movie that's supposed to, I guess, make us think while also laugh. And I, if that's if it's as simple as that, I just I didn't really laugh at all. The the joke about the 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 general charging for the food <laughs> is like I always laughed at that. Yeah. Every time they came back to that, Which I thought it was like, Why outstanding he, callbacks. Every time I was just so into it. But there's literally almost nothing else in the movie that I see. Give a shit I, about. I thinking um, about where we are with our media and 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 with uh, certain uh, institutions of government, or or I would say. More more certain parties or sub pockets of a party. Yeah. That stuff to me is all, I couldn't help but be impacted by that. I mean, that's like what the world has been to me for the last six, seven years at least. And this kind of whole anti-science movement is, is so frightening to me that, that yeah, even with all the stuff you're talking about, I just, I couldn't help but find it very compelling on so many levels. And the idea of profiting, you know, running the risk of the entire world being destroyed for profit. I mean, it's, you know, yeah. the nail, it's hitting the nail directly sure. on the head, right? Of it's course. right on the nose. I get that they're not being subtle with it at all, but particularly that whole, the launch and turning the rockets yeah. around. I mean, <laughs> that you know, as over the top as that is, it's like, yeah, you can't have a more direct approach to here. Here's what it is, right? Like, here's where we are. And here's this one group of people you know, in charge of the money that will dictate this and determine this for everyone. By the way, they're also the ones, I don't know if you watch through the credits, that yeah, of course. get on the ship and we'll leave at the end and we'll yep. go on. Um, I laughed yeah, out they loud. All died. <laughs> yeah, I laughed out loud on the last line where he was like, I believe that's uh, when he told her, this, you're going to be eaten by. Right, right. But no one knows. And then yeah. like they're like, what is that? And Can we like, just talk about my, Mark Rylance for a second? Yes. Because he is so outstanding yes, he's and weird. He's incredible. Um, what a, he's good in everything. What an amazing actor! There, I just saw a trailer for a movie he's in where he plays like a Taylor. A Taylor, oh yeah. man, I can't wait. Um, yeah, that looks fantastic. Anything he's in, and obviously Spielberg has known this for a long time because he's put him in a few things. Right, and he played a very similar character. Bridge in, of Spies, um, BFG. Uh, well, he played a very similar character in. Um, uh, uh, blah, 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 Ready Player One, as he did oh, in Don't right. Look Up, right? Um, like the big tech company, you know, kind of quiet, soft-spoken billionaire, not as evil. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah. anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know, I just don't care. Um, and I, you know, it's like, yeah, I get it, I get it. <laughs> Fair <laughs> I enough. I don't know. Fair enough. Um, uh, being the Ricardos, you did not see. I did not. Uh, I enjoyed it more than the the masses. Okay, that's all well, I'll that's, say. Uh, maybe I'll be there. But with I'm you, also yeah. always interested in. I think just you know working on the lot and with both of us just having at least some experience or, or having an angle in on yeah. the industry. It's a different time period, but I like period stuff for that. Yeah. And kind of that peek behind the curtain on stuff when things are going on politically as well um, is something that I'm interested in. I'm probably always going to be on board for that. Uh, that's all fair, and I'm going to finish it soon. I finished Tick, Tick, Boom this morning, um, and 
enjoyed it. I definitely yeah. enjoyed it. I mean, uh, Garfield was uh, great, Garfield's doing some of the best work Holy he's ever shit. done. Yeah, uh, he's outstanding, and he's clearly turning into quite. quite I mean, he's he's been good for a long time, but I I don't I haven't quite seen him as a leading man. Maybe until now, um, you, you saw the eyes I of agree. Tammy Faye, yeah. right? Oh I thought God. he yeah. was definitely like very good in that, but then you just have Jessica Chastain so, so outshining yeah. him yeah. in that movie it's that it's hard to even connect with him, right? Um, but uh, he, yeah, I, I would agree. Um, but anyways, this is really great, and it's you know Lin Manuel Miranda's first direct, you know, directing, uh, you know, outing, and he's, uh, I thought. It's you know overly stylized in right, parts, sure, sure. even to the point where I'm just like I don't really know what the <laughs> what's going on, what is the truth, yeah. what is actually happening, and uh, and then you know by the end I kind of get it and uh, right. I get how the story is told, but uh, it wasn't. Well, that character uh, is such a staple to Broadway and an era of Broadway as well yeah. that if you're you know again if you kind of know that scene or you're into the musical, yeah, you stuff, had talked about the story. Uh, voicemail or voice message from right. uh, from Stephen Sondheim and, yeah. and I got yeah. to see that and that's very powerful. Who's that? Um, he does he does musicals and stuff. Stephen <laughs> Stephen Sondheim. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Amazing um, tribute. Anyways, uh, I got a bunch of uh, uh, you know other bullshit. I will I will uh, say that uh, you know we're I'm in my new category of movie watching with uh, the group. Yeah, Friday night group, and I've I really some, like the list. So man. we we these watched, are just skipped at Blockbuster. Is yeah, that we're the calling we're calling it movies we skipped at Blockbuster? <laughs> That's a great and great title. The goal was to pick a movie that you haven't seen, but your goal was to find ones that no one has seen. And a couple of these one person has seen for the most part, but it, it is, um, it is inevitable that I've seen more than most of the group. And, uh, and so last night we did nothing but trouble and, um, It sucks. I mean, we, it was, there's it, no defending it. No, no, it, it's a miracle. It's, it ever got um, made. It is a miracle. And it was really tough to watch, even though I've seen it probably a dozen times back when I was young. Right. And right. I haven't dared to watch now. it as an adult. Um, yet, uh, I'm, I was really excited to watch it with everybody just to see the reaction and see if we could find something, you know, in it. And no, there's nope, nothing there. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. It I think is, it's a classic case of just giving the keys to everybody who was on top God, of the time garbage. and just letting them it's go. And garbage. sometimes you need to be reeled in. I mean, I think, notes are sometimes good. One of the guys, I forget, it was probably Austin or someone, was very astute in saying, like, if this was going to have a cult following, it would have a cult following. Yeah. It would, if yeah. there was anything redeeming in it, it would have happened by now where there would have been kind of an outcry of like no it's secretly blah 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 but it's not and that is why it's in my clump of the worst movies ever made because it's gotta be it has all the weird shit that would of like it has all the weird shit that leads you to like a a movie so bad it's good it just still never gets to the good and still never has anybody who and that's unfortunately because of a lot of the cast not giving a shit i mean clearly chevy chase doesn't give a shit and (laughs) and any any of his deliveries that could have been interesting are are just so flat and garbage that penis knows on dan accolade and those two fucking babies (laughs) like what the fuck are we so we were talking last night we were like okay who plays these babies and one of them is Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> of course it is. Dude, of course it the is. The other He's so, such a and weirdo. he plays Bobo him, but... and then little Lil Devil D B B I L Devil. Lil Devil is played by someone that is not in the credits, meaning in the credits of the movie, Jesus they man, are not they in the doing? credits, yet they are on IMDb. And um 
I think Russ was like, I think they had their name removed from this movie. I, I wouldn't blame anybody for that. <laughs> Look, the movie is a comedy, but when I say it, that it's one of the most... You dist- ever. Not only do you not ever. laugh, it's also... It's a frightening movie. It's, it's disturbing. legitimately disturbing. The, 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 the visuals and the... It's not scary in that sense, but it is disturbing. It is claustrophobic. It is off-putting. The tone is bad um, and, and eerie. Uh, and Bro, uh, I've told you this before. Yeah. It was a moment for Jess and I in our relationship <laughs> that we went to the New Beverly. Yes. I'd never seen this movie. Oh, you watched this at the New Beverly? Oh, my God, for the first time ever. When was this? This is... Early in our relationship, this so is like with seven years ago. Yeah, like that, it might have been. Ago. I think it was when I come back out to LA and we wanted to go see some oh, okay, movies. Yeah. Maybe it's like 2017. Oh, I'm so thrilled that they ever played it and that you Bro, saw it on the screen. Jess had never seen it. And the, he, now here's my reaction. I'm looking at the calendar uh, as as one does for New Bev, and I'm I'm just scrolling through. And I'm like, what have I not seen that New Bev? Yeah, Because yeah. if you find something you haven't seen and you're like, that's, oh, I can check it off. Like my I list. did Once Upon a Time in the West. Yeah, that's huge. That's like the best experience you can have. <laughs> and I see nothing but trouble, and I look and I'm like. Chevy Chase into me more. I've never seen that. And then I look it up and I'm like, Dan Aykroyd and John Candy. And you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm going down the list and I'm like, how the fuck have I never what seen is this? this? Yeah. And as soon as the movie was 20 minutes in, I realized why I have never seen this. It's been buried. For the person who <laughs> has seen everything, and in my little town, you know, the big fish in a little pool, yeah. like everybody was recommending movies to. There's no one who would ever have seen this and been like, Patrick, see this. Yeah. Here's something you need to I see. I 100% bought it at the bargain bin at Walmart when I was like nine years old. You know, <laughs> of $5 it was Walmart. DVD. Had to be. You know? Well, so I'm Maybe taking nine, Jess to this. Whatever. And, you know, sometimes you miss when you, when you haven't seen something. <laughs> but I'm not even thinking we might miss on this. I'm not prepping her, like, hey, this is a little out there. Yeah, like a lot so of the stuff know. we go to, this is unusual, right? Even when we went to Green Knight, I was like, I want you uh-huh. to understand. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a little different. Yeah, that was at least some substance. I did not prep her. We went in, and 20 <laughs> minutes in, I was like, I'm so uncomfortable, I want to leave, but I don't leave movies. And she made it through the whole thing, and, we, you, and we talked it out, and she was like, dude, what the fuck? I mean, it wasn't like she wasn't like, what the fuck? Yeah. But it, I think it actually helped that we were with this weird group at NewBev that we're also watching, because <laughs> we weren't like the only two in the theater. Sure. But man, it, it has become something that has That's just meant something to, to me, me in my relationship, was because of the that fact that she sat through with a me. Signi- yeah, totally. Was that a significant crowd? No, it was um, for New Bev. It was light. small. It's got to be light for yeah. you know for movies today. I mean, there was probably thirty people in there. But you know, when that place sells, that's out. light. Actually, yeah. yeah, probably like twenty or yeah, it was probably less than thirty. That's because but there were some even in there. the biggest film nerds in LA that like the most crazy shit are still not going to like this. Yeah, these are it's more just so weirdos. Terrible. Not yeah, not total weirdos. weirdos. Or yeah. people like me who were like, how it? have I never yeah. seen yeah. this? And New Best Planet. Anyways, so, what else yeah, you got so funny. before we move um, on? I caught, on to some, I caught up with some old ones. Cool. It's just been a long time for whatever reason I'd missed. Uh, Coda, I saw. I uh, love Coda. Me too. God me too. damn it. I, I really, I really it enjoyed Coda. I hope it doesn't get shafted at, I hope at it doesn't get forgotten because it's been uh, so long. It is But solid. I had not gotten around to it. I really enjoyed it. Um, I watched a movie called Die in a Gunfight. I don't know if you've seen that one. No. Couldn't have disliked it more. <laughs> okay. Um, re- really, really bad. Yeah. Just bad film. No, no reason to make that movie. Um, saw a couple on the plane as well because we were flying back and forth oh, for the holidays. Yeah. Caught Battle of the Sexes with Emma Stone. Oh, yeah. That's I've never great. seen. Yeah, yeah, they did a great job. Steve totally. Carell. Um, a movie that I've never seen. 
from the 80s that people I think would roll their eyes at me for. I'd never seen the movie Curly Sue. I don't know if you've I've ever never seen, seen that. that. With Jim Belushi. Very sweet movie. Very dated. Sure. Um, nothing that you have to see. Don't let people fool you. But um, if you get a chance. Um, Free Guy we missed in the theaters and I saw. Yeah. I liked it more than the, the reactions to that I think were kind of like, oh, it was okay. Although the rating on IMDb is higher than I thought it would be. I'm um, a little mad on it. I don't. Yeah, really I knew care you were. Yeah. I knew you were. And I look. It was. Um. It was exactly. I don't what think it's You said it was yeah. going to be. But again, it just jived to me. I found it. I found it compelling. I saw Spaceship Earth, which was one that you recommended to me <laughs> a long time ago. What a bizarre, interesting. Yeah. Um, you can go to that place. Yeah, I kind of want to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think Especially I forget who's like, been there. Austin, we grew up maybe. with Biodome, right? Yeah. But I didn't yeah. know at the time, it being a kid, that it was a real thing. So anyway, yeah, you can definitely still go there. Yeah, weird one. I saw a movie that I really didn't care for. Another one called Werewolves Within. Um, that, oh, I've seen that. Yeah, where there, it's like, like the cabin and the yeah. woods, whatever. I, I wanted it to be better. Like I, I like the. Idea. Um, I remember enjoying it. Yeah, it I fine. don't remember thinking it was. Yeah, anything right. yeah, special, but yeah. Fair enough. Well, um, The Father I had never seen saw. And you really, saw really, The Father? Really, really, yeah. Uh, really, everything that people have said. A but year I, late, but, but yeah, uh, no, I know. so and It's the only Best Picture nominee that I would not gotten around to, Yep, and it just had not been available. I was like, at some point, How I'll watch this. How good is Hopkins? Holy and Hopkins fuck. is a legend. I mean, the fact that he's still doing this kind of work is yeah. uh, pretty incredible. I just um, like how it's told also. I just think it's really wonderfully yeah, I mean, as much in the head of someone presumably losing that. I mean, I just, yeah. How do you count? That, and I think they just, and that's why it's kind of a horror movie. I mean, it's just totally. so it's, scary it and horrific, sad yes. and everything else. Um, and then the only other two, Leave No Trace, which I had never gotten around yes, to seeing. Yes, I love Leave Same No Trace. Same thing. Yeah, it was just really blown away. Very powerful stuff. Yes. Um, and then a movie called Voyagers. Have you heard of this or seen this? It's got um, Lily Rose Depp. It's got Johnny Depp's daughter. It's got a couple people you know. Colin Farrell is in it. I think um, I am aware of this. I just definitely didn't see it. Um, it's, it's Lord of the Flies, which to me is one of like the five, six best books sure. ever written, uh, told on a spaceship going through space. So that is what it is. Yeah. The, the story works for me. So I was I, on board, but it's not anything you, I skipped it. I rem Okay. I remember it now being in theaters. This is for like a year ago, yeah. right? Or yeah. something like that or Maybe nine months, months or something. Yes, nine yeah. months. I uh, had it on my calendar to see it in the theater, and I remember it just getting such not great reviews. Yeah, that people I hated it. it. Yeah. People hated. It. I did not hate um, it. Um, okay, but well, it, that's but good. But it was. Know. But it was. You know, again, I'm that story to me is right. relevant and powerful. Um, and then the only other one I wanted to mention, um, uh, Jess and I, because we were stuck for a while with COVID, yeah, uh, and isolated at home. We uh, went back through uh, the Bourne series or the Bourne trilogy. <laughs> cool. Laurie and, Lori and I did really that recently. Them. And the only one we didn't do was uh, Jason Bourne, the most recent one. Uh, no, we did Jason Bourne because oh. that's can you know it's so canon. We didn't do Bourne Legacy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because yeah, yeah. that one feels like so it doesn't matter. We, we I don't Jason care Bourne, about yeah. Bourne Legacy at all. Yeah, yeah, right. I care about it about as much as I care about the Tread Treadwell show or what do oh, you call Treadstone, them? Yeah. Treadstone show. Yeah. Um, but did that uh, exist already? Yeah, that's a show. It was like one know. season. Gross. Uh, I didn't watch it, but um, but uh, we didn't even watch Jason Bourne. We just watched the the trilogy. We just Jason watched kind of the sweet spot. Yeah, her, it's fine. Anyways, it's fine. yeah, but um, still, still really good. Um, just by the end, like everyone was just you had gotten so annoyed by the, the camera, everything about how they uh, wanted to do rough. the camera and yeah, stuff at the time. Um, but outside of that, man, they're just they're just strong movies and strong spy stories. Like if you like spy action, there yeah. it's just a really really good entry for that good trilogy for that damon's great 
Um, and really everybody who jumps in and plays what they're just token roles, but everybody who plays the surveillance person who's yeah, in charge yeah. for each one. I love the guy are really good. Uh, um, that's Jason Bourne. You yeah. Know? Like, <laughs> Jason Bourne. <laughs> that's Jason. And I had forgotten how, um, there's a lot of like, you know, crowd pleasing, like fans are, you know, just in the way he kicks everybody's ass and yeah. he's so cool, which is what we go to James Bond movies for and everything yep. else. Not the Craig ones, maybe because it's miserable, but, um, but yeah, I, I had forgotten that the, the most interesting thing to me was how the second and the third one overlap. Do you remember this with the plot? How literally the ending where he's like, get some rest, Pam, you look tired, is actually two-thirds of the way through the third movie. So I they, don't exactly. I mean, we just watched it. I don't yeah, remember that. They but tack I that on to the end. It's just an interesting structural thing. Yeah, it still yeah. works. If you missed it, it wouldn't matter. Right. But it turns out that you're telling two stories that are really overlapping the yeah. Green Grass ones. But we enjoyed them. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was fun. Fun revisit. Um, so to wrap up the movie section uh, this far in, um, <laughs> I just wanted to give my final number. 2021, I only saw 81 movies in the theater. Gross. Um, my goal was a hundred because I did a hundred in 2019, but I also have to stress that, uh, we didn't really get movie theaters reopened until I think May or May was the first one I went to May Um, Raya and the last dragon. And I, I, you know, I had seen some movies in the theater in other counties and places, but, uh, but we went almost a half a year without theater. So I think 81 is pretty good, but, um, but I had easily 19 more there that I could have seen in December had I not been traveling. Yeah. And if yeah. I had just been, I think you would have gotten there. I think um, if that had been your, the most the, important yeah, thing, exactly. <laughs> but it wasn't. Um, so moving on to TV, uh, a couple that I have seen so much TV too, man. Did you watch landscapers? No, please put that on your list. It's so easy. It's four episodes. It's on HBO. It is starring Olivia Coleman. Okay. Yes. It I is know. a mini series. Yeah. And it's based on a, a true crime uh, story. Um, See, and it's Jeff, a this will be easy for heavily, me because Jess will be on board so we can watch it together. It's a, well, I'll just stress that it is a heavily stylized telling of this true story. It's, it's a little bit on the darker side. It's a little bit on the um, heavily dramatic side. But it is some of the best work Olivia Coleman's ever done. She's like one of our best okay, actors wow. alive. And this is like top, top, top notch. And I forget the actor's name. The actor in it is, uh, I only know him from Harry Potter and I don't remember even who he played in that. One of one of the kind of side characters. Okay. Um, anyways, uh, it is, you'll just love the framing devices through which they tell the story because Oh, without giving it away, there's just some really unique storytelling in it that is right up our alley. Um, cool. And the, the the actual background of the characters and these real people are heavily into like film history. Um, nice, nice. And so I just think I'm in and like film obsession. I would yeah. say. Oh, now I'm um, really in. So it's and it's just four episodes. It's so easy. Um, anyways, it's on HBO, um, and I think it was originally a. BBC series. Okay. <clears throat> um, have you been watching Yellow Jackets on Showtime? No, I don't know Yellow Jackets. Yellow Jackets is a TV show on Showtime that uh, potentially no one is watching, but it's really great. And I am I'm, I'm at that point where we're mid season; it's still airing, and I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know if it will pay off to the degree that I think yeah, it's good right. because it might not. Especially if they intend to make this many, 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 many seasons. It, these are all unclear right now, but essentially okay. the plot is: um, it's a high school girls soccer team. Um, called the Yellow Jackets. That's the the mascot. Right in 1996, 
This is all fictional. You know, it's not based. It's on It's weird anything. that I'm already intrigued. Yeah, yeah. On girls, girls, <laughs> soccer, soccer team. 96. They are okay. nationally ranked, and so they are going to a national soccer tournament gotcha. in 1996. One of the kids' fathers is very wealthy, so he rents them a private jet to go to the national like okay. a competition, okay. and they crash in Canada, okay. in the mountains. Say no more, Kelly. And I'm on board. But the framing of the show is that it bounces back and forth between present-day survivors in their lives today Oh, and wow. the okay. entire situation of being Almost in the wilderness. documentary style of like, um, or is it no, still narrative? Okay. No, it's all narrative. So you see them you in just, their modern. You just know okay. that certain ones have survived, and this is what they're Got up to today, it. and this is how they're dealing with Do the you know aftermath. Which ones have survived, or is it yes. like Band of Brothers? Where you okay? So well, gonna... you clearly don't see a lot of them in yeah. present day, so you're like, right. at some point, that's this person's right. yeah. going to die, oh, okay. <laughs> or yeah, that's what I was or they just haven't introduced them yet. So okay. it's an incredibly right. interesting right. dynamic, but it's very, um, the stars of it are Christina Ricci, um, Juliette okay. Lewis, oh, okay. um, and, uh, and uh, uh, Melanie Linsky, who I love so much. Um, they're basically the three stars, and then there's some some peripheral stars that you, you'll, you'll recognize, but okay. um, I just think it's really excellent. It's very kind of like punk rock in a way. It's kind of like a little bit more alternative than TV yeah. shows today. Yeah. It's not as glossy. Um, and uh, I'm okay with that. Anyways, just check it out. Um, yeah, we'll do. You know, the movie Alive was based on a true story where a rugby team had it, gone down. It, it absolutely so, has has the vibe similar, of, yeah, of that. Gotcha. Um, okay. And it, it gets pretty well, cool. dark. That's cool. Um, let's talk about, about MacGruber. <laughs> Did you watch all of Bro, it? Yeah. Well, we haven't we haven't watched all of it. But okay. You know that that's just the gift that keeps on giving. It's I, the you most know, and it's thing. right there in line with like the walk cards and yes, stuff. Yes, yes. I understand what we're doing is not highbrow. No, but it to be matter. but to be dismissive of, you can't dismiss it because they're so good at what they do. Like it, it is that style of humor. They are doing it one hundred percent. Like Perfect. you can't do it any better. So if that style of humor just doesn't work for you at all, yeah, that's fine. Fine. But outside of that. It's hundred we, percent. We, we were we were laughing, <laughs> chuckling uncontrollably to the opening Just song. The intro, yeah, and <laughs> which the is so beautiful. You get MacGruber back in and stripping him down in that first episode, naked, where he's oh come on. I mean, yeah. there's just so many things, man. I, it's I, endless. It's I, endless. And and the fact that Lawrence Fishburne is in it and not in the Matrix. <laughs> made it just funnier to me. Like yeah. we, we were watching this, and I was like, Lawrence Fishburne, he's doing this, <laughs> is now in this. And he's yeah. not in the main. You also and got it Billy somehow Zane made it funnier. And yeah. oh, uh, bro. every all the original cast. It's great. Um, Look, that was a fuck. sketch on SNL that I loved. That not everyone, not everyone even loved the sketch. Right? right, right. That then became a movie that even less should have worked. Like even to a lesser extent. And that movie is which so is one of the all time underrated hidden comedy, hidden yes. gem comedies ever. To now have a show that is working. <laughs> that you just you should not have been able to wring this much out of this. Like nothing Yet, should have seemingly, come from this. There's no end. I know. Like that, this is the only show where it's like, yeah, give me ten seasons, give honestly, me twenty seasons. It is keep it going. If you if you have it in you to keep writing this like this, it may and be the, the money, greatest success of all time. Yes, <laughs> and here's what I mean by that: if you're if you were grading this on a curve, if we are if we, everything is relative to what you should be able to do with something. Yeah. 
then it's kind of like me judging Denise Richards for uh, yeah, her performance in no Tammy and the T-Rex. That should work. At yeah. a certain point, it's it's the the most impressive Agreed. thing ever. Agreed. Um, so yeah, definitely. I uh, love check it that so out much. If you get a chance. It's really good. Um, and you got to finish it too because it's yeah, all no, up. I know. I, know uh, I think done. it's all up. Um, and you know what? It's also hurting it that it's on Peacock. I know most yeah, of you don't. That have actually Peacock. annoys I, me. And if it were on Netflix, and I know it's on Peacock because that's the NBC network, and this is a you know Lauren Michaels thing. It's so, so it's, stupid though. But if it were on Netflix, it would be the number one show on Netflix. Like everybody in America would be watching it if it was on Netflix, right. um, because it's so fun. Uh, anyways, moving along. Uh, what else in TV do you want to talk about? I got so, a few. Um, go yeah, ahead. there's a couple for me as well. I blazed through Cobra Kai season four. So Have I haven't watched, watched it because you told me very appropriately a few months yeah, ago, you, wait, if you haven't seen you should, you should uh, uh, Karate, Karate Kid 2 Kid and 3, three, three I, is the most I don't even know that I've seen two. So you know I'm what? just going to watch two and three, and then I'm going to watch all of Cobra Absolutely Kai. Absolutely should probably watch two this and week. Yeah. yeah. And that's the perfect lead-in. Three is the perfect lead-in. They've fucking done it again. I don't want to raise the bar too much, but... That's great, man. This show is the same thing. It's exactly what it should be. We just talked about like kind of the cynicism of stuff now. Yeah. This show is so appropriately cheesy but sincere, and it leans into the cheesy, and it knows what it's doing, so it does give you a nod like yeah. you have to do now, but it never falls on that side of the line. It still stays sincere. Like It's right. a very sincere, straightforward show. And you can either take it at that tone or not. And to me, it just works perfectly. And once again, by the end of the season, man, you're you're ready for the next. I'm I'm ready for whatever is next. And I and I kind of thought you got to probably try to start wrapping this up soon, right? Like I thought they I'm were just, wrapping it up now. I, I, I did didn't. Too. But I did too. It, does it leave it hanging? It 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 leaves it going somewhere else. Okay, yeah. And new and interesting in a way. And I'm on board. And sure. I just it, I don't know. It's. It just shouldn't be this good. Sure. Um, I, I'm very, as a Karate Kid fan and somebody who grew yeah. up in that 80s, it's exactly what an 80s follow-up show should be. Um, well, I love Cobra Kai. I just haven't done it. Yeah, a lot of fun. Um, what else you got? Uh, Boba Fett. <laughs> Let's talk about it. It is a direct, direct sequel yeah. to Return of the Jedi. Waking up in the Sarlacc pit. So I will say that my... my However, we don't know how much time has passed. He, um, he could have been in there for, I, I even know. to now. Okay, so here's the thing: it is supposed to take place, I think, alongside Mandalorian, at least close, right? right. Both like of these happen uh, after Return of the Jedi, and before it is, I think, canon, and has been said that uh, Mandalorian is um, ten years post Jedi. Okay, that's fine. so. I think that's about right. It's fine. It Whatever, feels about right. This one may. Fine. Let's just say this one's a little less. It feels like he's probably because. Remind me, and uh, I don't remember. Uh, in Mandalorian, when we see Boba Fett come back in, he doesn't have his armor. He has Correct. lost his armor, He's looking for and his they armor. have his armor. And so, so the flashbacks happened before, and then the presumably other stuff we're after. we're watching Book of Boba Fett, and by the end of this series, which I believe is one one off, I'm I'm right. pretty sure they're not going to continue this as a show. Oh, I think okay. it's just that's fine. A, a mini series. I'm probably more into that. Um, I think I could be wrong. Um, but uh, he will lose his armor. Well, like that's what I'm see, assuming. I right? think. I think it's. You think this is post? I think the flashbacks are before. Oh. It's a prequel and a sequel. I think oh, him okay. sitting Maybe. on Jabba's. You throne, might be right because at the end of Mandalorian season two, 
the end of the trailer, the end of the yeah. credits was him going and sitting on that throne. And oh, he's you're had right. People you're right. In. You're right. So we're looking at before and fair after. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, which is fine. It can encompass the whole thing. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, um, yeah. It's you know, sandwiches it, right in there. They just continue to, like I said, it's not the greatest show in the world, but they just continue the TV Star Wars, the Jean Favreau Star Wars, that kind of team. Yep. Or that group. They're the ones doing Star Wars justice and doing Star Wars it's the funny, way man. I want. And I just, I've I really know. enjoyed these episodes. The most recent one, um, I enjoyed the least. I thought some of the choices were kind of hokey and weird. Um, namely, the fucking motorcycle, chrome motorcycles, Fair enough. and uh, that chase and certain elements. Right, I'm just right. like this very fast and furious. Yeah, really <laughs> stupid, um, and not of the same world. But then um, it's funny because as soon as that first episode aired, I was in Vegas and uh, with working with a buddy of mine, Greg, who is a huge, huge, huge Star Wars fan. Um, he was just so down on it. He was like, oh, it's "Really, fucking trash?" You know, da da da. Well, maybe not. That shocks me. That word, but I was like, "Really?" I was like, "I enjoyed it. It didn't feel so far removed." Like, does I, he love Boba Fett? Is he a huge fan of that character? Uh, because I don't know. again, part of the strength of Mandalorian is his, it's not leaning on anything. His else. complaints came down to the quality of the action, the staging of the action, right. and like the choreography and these things were just like really subpar and made Boba feel, I guess, not very badass. Um, and he I is kind of to be the most agree badass. with yeah, all I don't, of that. I don't disagree. It's not overwhelming, but to me, it's not underwhelming. No, right. And, and, I'm, and I'm the rest of it. And I love the idea. The most so recent much. episode, the Wookiee um, uh, yeah. Yeah. fight. Uh, even though I enjoyed it in concept, I was also just like, "What the fuck is happening? No one's getting hurt." Right. In this right. fight, which yeah. I know that's kind of a movie trope, but and a Star Wars trope, and a Star Wars trope, but I just was really PG like, adventure. this is a Wookiee. He would rip an arms, rip off. your yeah. arms off. That's why that you is let canon. him win. Yeah, yeah, that is canon. Why is he that's not true. ripping arms off? That's true. Good point. We've never seen a Wookiee, let the Wookie a bad win. Wookiee, right? Yeah. Like this. Yeah, you're right. And so you introduce a bad Wookiee, and you're not even having him break your skin, like. There's no blood drawn. There's it's no. Fair. It's fair. And I was like, I clearly am not the target audience for this show. This feels like a kids' show. Yeah, and it's not though because can't, this can't argue with that. Still, I just was still very confused. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> can't I, argue with that. Still love it. Still love it. Okay, um, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> Anyways, um, it's anyways. interesting, and I don't know where it's going. I also really, really enjoy, and this comes down to literally just music and yeah. kind of style. Yeah, but. Just kind of the spaghetti west of it all. I mean, they've done that a little <laughs> yeah. bit with Mandalorian too, but this one they tend to be leaning in even more, it feels like, mm-hmm. into that. Like the spaghetti west slash like kung fu. Like I'm talking like the yeah. show kung fu where we're on a journey through the desert. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Sure. That that Those elements are there and I'm and I'm there for it. So Okay, fair um, enough. What else you I've got on TV? Um, this is a little small thing, but... Kind of throwing it back to the holidays. Watch the Ted Lasso holiday short. The God, that Lasso was terrible. <laughs> I, <laughs> the dude, claymation. I still episode, yeah. that that show just makes me happy. So it, it was fine. Yeah, five minute. I thought it was yeah. gonna be a full episode, but I, very very weird. But here's the I thing. thought it was not uh, written on par with the show, and the animation right. was very weird. Also, I'm not so sure why it exists. What I did after I watched that was we put on the Christmas holiday season episode. From, oh, from sure. the season. Yeah, that's good. And that will now Cleanse be a staple, <laughs> staple for me every every sure. time. Yeah, yeah. Um uh I know you don't care about this, so I'll I'll blow okay, right through sure. it. But I watched season two of The Witcher. Okay, yeah. Blew right through it. Um it reminded me once Henry again. Henry Cavill. Yeah, Henry Cavill, he's yeah. really good um cool. in it. But 
I in season one it took me a while, and then there's a thing that you realize they've done with different timelines and stuff towards uh-huh. the end of season one that really elevates it. So you watch it and you're like, oh, this is good, but it's not great. And then it gets to the end and you're like, oh shit, like there was more going on than I thought. Season two has kind of carried that on and kind of stayed at that level where it's like, oh, this is more important than the first season. The right? Netflix show? Yeah, Netflix, Netflix show. And it's it's two things. One, it's reminded me that you can do fantasy well. I'm not saying it's like a miracle of anything, but Wheel of Time had really kind of, like I told you, <laughs> had made me it's nervous. It's a bummer, yeah. And it's also, it's, I'm still nervous um, because that's the group that's going to take on the Lord of the Rings show. But right. it, it made me even angrier about how shitty Wheel of Time look. I mean, Wheel of Time borders on looking like, remember um, Once Upon a Time? Oh, yeah. It didn't matter that the production yeah, value yeah, yeah. was so bad to me in that because that yeah, was a such a storybook. And yeah, yeah, and, yeah and it's Disney, whatever. Yeah. But this stuff that needs to seem kind of grounded in like a real world and kind of dark and gritty, um, this was just a reminder that, oh, no, you can do this well. You just need, You're to, just not. You just need to do it well. <laughs> yeah, do so it, I'm still very nervous about Amazon, but at the yeah. same time, think it could be a totally different team just under that Amazon sure. you know, label, and hopefully it's more like more like Witcher. Um, did you watch the Lorne Michaels um, Kennedy uh, cinema? Actually, awards? no. I need to watch that. Was it's that worth good? watching. I watch those every year just because as sure, a kid, yeah. for some reason, my dad and mom watched them, so that's something sure, that I've sure. always done. But with Lorne Michaels particularly – it's such a fun tribute because it's just funny people coming on the whole time. You know what I mean? As opposed to like the other ones that are nice tributes, but anyway, and then there are literally like five news segments with different people who did the news as tributes. And I don't know. It's just interesting to see them all lined up and how they're different, but you know, it's just this torch. No, that's a good call. I totally forgot about that. I was in New York when that aired and uh, I was funny enough with my uncle who works at SNL and right. he was like, oh shit, we got to watch that. And we didn't, but yeah. uh, I Check totally forgot about it. Check it out. Watched a couple of the welcome to earth with Will Smith. Um, yeah. Yeah. They're fine. Uh, you know, I don't know that I'll watch anymore. I've enjoyed them. It's not that I haven't I also enjoyed have them. watched like one and a half of them. And I kind of was just like, well, yeah, is it good Laurie, on the other hand, loved them. She okay. watched yeah. the whole season and, uh, d- you know, devoured it. So I don't know. I guess I need to finish it. You know, um, we had watched the um, Zac Efron. It's good on paper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like the idea, and I like it for Will Smith. Yes, like he seems yes, like the yes. guy to do it. We had watched the Zac Efron kind of globe-hopping, trying to figure out how I to be more like sustainable. Him, yeah. I, I tried to watch some of that. And He's less likable, but the, the things they do are more interesting more to interesting, me. Right. And then this one, Will's Yeah, that more show likable. was wasted on him. Yeah, 100%, but the things they do yeah. for Will is like less... In, I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah, fine. Yeah. I probably won't keep going with it. Fair enough. I want to talk a little bit about Star Trek overall. So if there's anything else you've got before that, so yes, let's, do that let's, now. let's, um, uh, let me just say, okay, two, two uh, a couple of things. Uh, always sunny ended. I assume you guys watched it to, to the end. We watched it straight through all those Ireland episodes and, were so silly yeah. and fun. Um, I love the, it. the only note I have is that fucking monkey episode. <laughs> was that a real monkey or was it a CGI monkey? I, you know what? Because I, that monkey was I, either the, I think most he was real trained perfectly trained monkey i've ever seen in my life or it was cgi but it looked so real <laughs> i think he was real here's the thing either cgi has gotten it's, it's so my, if crowning it's, achievement. it's either the best cgi ever i think or... they just did a million takes man i like i think it was it was I, i'm so sure it was a brutal filming it's yeah. only a few minutes of the monkey at the bar but it is so so good we we just continue to laugh so hard at that show and let me just say I don't know how big a It's Always Sunny fan you are. Jess is the biggest It's Always Sunny fan I've yes. ever met. And then I really love the show, and I've been on since the beginning. Right. Um, but 
if you really love the show, there's a podcast now that those guys do. Right. And is that good? Yeah, it is. It's okay. it took a little while to find its legs. They started off kind of just talking about different seasons and episodes and kind of where they were at the beginning of the show and that kind of thing. So if you're interested in like production and how you get a show off the off the ground and that sure. kind of thing, it's interesting in that way having them kind of review it and then also like critique themselves from that time and what they wouldn't do now, what they did then. But also they've gotten into real life stuff too, like it's an episode, I can't remember which one it is, but you would you would appreciate it. Jess just played it for me and I got home from work literally yesterday afternoon. There's an episode where Rob talks about going to the Westwood In and Out and how you know how that line always wraps around yeah, the corner gross. there. Yeah, it's yeah. the real it's like one of my it's like the first in and out I ever went to, but yeah. it's like the most difficult one in terms all of the them car, have lines. the car situation there is yeah, terrible the way it is. and it's not built for that because it's part of Westwoodville it's meant for people to just walk up and yeah. it's more of a walk up and, and out, we've had this experience twice in the car terrible, so I know yeah. it happens all the time but Rob talked about it too the way it goes around corners and people come in you can see a line of people you know, 15 more cars, people try to shoot the gap through the intersections oh. because you have to wait on the corner yes, correct. and try to skip. And Rob tells a story about how he almost got out of the car twice. <laughs> he opened his door to get out of the car and how he was already thinking about the bats he had in the back yeah, of the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had a, a guy in a Rolls Royce try to break in line who then broke in line behind him and skipped a couple girls, which he almost got out of the car for that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, angry. yeah. And then when they got around to another corner, another college Ugh. kid tried to get in front of him at a different point. And all I could do, what, the story's so satisfying just to hear his <laughs> I gotta anger. I got to listen to this, yeah. Yeah, so check it out. But okay, also the fact that this. we have experienced that multiple times. Of course. That in and out, I just, I can't go back to it. It's too, it's not that one car matters that much for you, but when you see 10 more cars behind you, you know that everyone else has circled the block to get in yeah, line. Yeah. We turned around and you turned to get into line. Yeah. Anyone who does that shit, you know what I mean? Who the puts worst people in front the of everyone else? Yeah. It's the injustice of it, and that's why the story is so good. But worth checking out. I've um, been to that. You know, when COVID, just an aside, when COVID started, that was my in and out. And it's not like that's close to me necessarily at all. But every other in and out all had okay. So the the situation was. In and outs indoors were closed for a long time, so you had to go through drive throughs. So the drive throughs yes. at In and Outs were super long for a long time. But then when they reopened the inside, no one wanted to go inside, which makes yeah, sense. Yeah. But I would go inside because there was no one inside. So you didn't wait at all. Right. And then right. what happened in Westwood was that UCLA was closed. Yep. And so for about a year there, it was like I went way minute. more than normal, and I did, and I walked in right. because there was nobody over there. And uh, it's also a, a higher quality in and out. I feel like they, they yeah, have it's some, great. some good good the, people. And the location there. itself and how it looks, and I know they it's do a also great super iconic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And listen, where I lived, that was my in and out. That was your even though Culver one, yeah. City was close, that one was around the corner from right. where I lived for right. seven eight years. Right, that is where I went. Yep. but it is an infuriating because you can't nowadays with the school reopening. And it's parking is a nightmare and everything. Yep. But like when the school was closed, you could park right in front. I parked yeah. right in front of in and out like multiple times. And uh, it was great. Anyways, moving along. Um, <laughs> I've got a couple more TV things real quick sure. before we talk about Star sure. Trek. Um, did you watch the Harry Potter special on HBO? We did. We, Very entertaining. We enjoyed right? it. Yeah. Beautifully it, made. I mean, it's like um, it, it's unique because one, Jess is a huge Harry Potter fan. I'm a Harry Potter fan. I'm like, but you know, whatever. but yeah, I'm, sure. but I'm, yeah, you yeah. know, not like Star Wars or something, but yeah, but it's unique in that. 
what else do you have where these kids grew up with a series? Oh I mean, it, it's, it's just a different. little unprecedented. The fans yeah. grew up with it because the stories actually mature as you go along. That's where Harry Potter is yes. unique to anything else that I know of. Yes. And then the fact that they grew up with it. And it was nice seeing Chris Columbus and the guy who kind yes. of kicked it off in there yes. because it's been so long. They since really gave him. him his due. It was cool, yeah. man. I mean, he really launched it and he doesn't, you know, he's not really remembered as much because he's it was kind just of the heart too. just the two. Yeah. Right. But he's, um, he's anyway. kind of the heart of it. And uh, everyone was just so on and no, everyone felt like they were just really um, uh, being uh, them, their full selves and uh, yeah. talking about yeah. everything in a, in a totally open and honest way. So I and and then just visually, I thought it was beautiful. They filmed clearly yeah. in a lot of like either the that set museum in in England yeah. and or maybe the theme park environments. I don't right, know. Yeah, right. it's a combination really of cool all of it. Um, really wonderful. Um, did you watch Hawkeye on Disney? Haven't watched Hawkeye. Highly recommend it. Uh, when it started, I was just like, do I care about this? And is this going to just feel like really labored and everything? But no, because it's six episodes. They're relatively short. So that's like a little bit more than a feature length movie. Like three, right. three it's hours. It's good or to keep them like Three that. and a half that's hours of content. Yeah. Um, really satisfying. This is far more entertaining than Loki in my mind. Even though I liked Loki, I thought it was super unique. This is just more accessible action. Right. Um, what's her face? Uh, what's her name? Haley Steinfeld. Haley Steinfeld is so uh, just yes, fun. It, it, I, I became interested in it when the minute I found out that she was in it. Like yep. I wasn't interested. She's, and then I was like, okay, we got a mentor. She is the main of, character yeah. of this show, cool. not Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner's fine. You right. know, he's always just been fine. In to everything. me too. Yeah. To um, me too. He's just and okay. so luckily, he's not really the heart of the show. Uh, and then um, you just have just a, a very very fun, and, and it was released at Christmas time because it's all surrounding Christmas in New York. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really a Christmas show. Um, and then um, the final episode takes place in Rockefeller Center. Oh, cool. And um, without giving anything away, but that that's where it takes place. And it's um, so it's the new Die Hard. And it's not. Yeah, it is not um, at Rockefeller Center. They built a full scale Rockefeller Center in it in their studio in Atlanta, supposedly. And Word. I don't know if a making of exists yet, but it is one of the most impressive like recreations of a real place that I've ever yeah. seen without heavy CG. If there's heavy CG in it, it's not noticeable. It is a real full one-to-one scale Rockefeller awesome. center with the, the, you know, tree and the whole thing and the skating rink and all of it. Well, that's cool. And you're well, just like, Oh my God, this is so impressive. If you had um, told me that both star Wars and Marvel as the ultimate movie guy and just somebody who's always yeah. been okay on TV, that all the TV stuff would yeah. be the stuff that's keeping me so on board and, yeah. and interesting. I just, it's just, it's also there's a golden man. retriever in Hawkeye. Oh, now we'll look. She's got a golden retriever with one eye. Oh, y'all, come on. And his name is Pizza Dog. <laughs> give, me, give me a break. I'm starting it when we get off the uh, podcast. It's really... Here. Okay, and okay. then lastly, before Star Trek, you haven't watched Peacemaker either? No, haven't watched any Peacemaker. Jess almost started it the other night, and we Dude, were just too tired. It's phenomenal. Well, I know from his character... I, again, I it's, really enjoyed the Suicide it Squad. It scratches a lot of so the I'm same itch that we just talked about with MacGruber in okay. terms of just tonally perfect comedy. Right. And even though I won't necessarily say they're the same at all, but this is hyper violent, hyper adult, yeah, yeah. very R rated right, peacemaker show on HBO or on HBO Max, and uh, it's going to be airing I think on Thursdays. But they did the first; they put up the, th- the first three episodes, and I watched them all yesterday. And 
the cast is outstanding. There's an eagle in the show <laughs> that's a main character. Of course. Like, it is the... And then, like we've talked about with some of these other ones, the introduction, the the intro, the intro credit sequence is so good. Can't wait. Um, cool. I was, I awesome. was like, is it going to be good? Well, it's written and directed by James Gunn. Yeah, yeah. And it brings back everybody. Have you watched the whole thing? Have they dropped the whole it's, series? It's just, no, it's just the first three okay. episodes, and then it's airing on Thursdays. Got so it. just watch those first three like right away. Yeah, um, cool. Oh, my God. It's so good. Anyways, so let's talk about Star Trek. Yeah, what do you... So we've both officially given up on a, a Star Trek show together at the same time. Are you... Where did you give up in Discovery? Three episodes. Of season four. Season four. This, which is the current airing season. Yeah, I can't do I didn't even anymore. get to three. I got to, I think, maybe into two or mostly through two. Yeah. And I was like, this is so god-awful, and it is amazing to me that people... Because I'm in all the Star Trek groups on Facebook, and right, I'm, on, right. I'm, in, I'm on the Patreon of, uh, of Star Trek Next Conversation podcast, and there seem to be a significant amount of people, maybe not the majority, but a significant amount of people that really defend Discovery, even this current season, as being quality, quality television. And it's like... There's not even an objective reality where I would buy that because yeah. the only thing quality about it are maybe the visual effects and right, like production yeah, for design. Sure. Look, I don't I don't like to be negative. I I've talked about this before. I don't I, I've just condemned people for being wanting yes. to pick. I, please believe me, I do not want to pick this apart. I do not want to be No, a we want to this is Star I, Trek. I want to love it. You to, you texted me. I'm watching this for name alone at yeah, this point it, it because is it Trek. says Star Trek. So I'm on trying it. to see all of them. Me too. I mean, I'm trying to catch up now on you know the old shows, so I've seen everything, and yeah, I'm just it. You know, I gave it three seasons, and yes. I, and I've never been interested. Like, I, it's never once got. No, I've never. The only thing cared. I've liked for this are the short treks, which I have enjoyed yeah, a bunch of. There's a of couple them, of good ones, yeah. and I'm very excited for. Is it Strange New Worlds? Yeah, which takes place at the same, not the same timeline Pike anymore. Is but a wonderful character. He was yeah. the only good thing about that season that he was in. He's Anson Mount is a phenomenal actor, and he clearly. Even if he doesn't say he does or if he doesn't mean to, he gets what Star Trek is right. and what an optimistic captain should be. Right. And I hope that they know what they're doing. Dude, it's, it's just so um, – it's, it's so convoluted and it's so rudderless. I mean, it's, it, you yeah. know, when you, when you think about this Highly series – Highly emotional. I, I understand that it's not – episodic in the same way yeah. that the, the, the Star Trek was built on that. And hopefully that's what we get with strange new world. However, even with an overarching plot, take yourself back to the beginning of this. I know it's not even really worth doing, but take yourself back to the beginning of this. When we started, we had this plot about the Klingons. Yeah. Right. And this bloodline. And ultimately that veered into a place where like one of the crew that was a human was also, the Klingon or had his soul in him or something. If I'm he was physically um, altered from his Klingon body into a human body through surgery. Right. So, so whatever. Yeah. And that's a big, yeah. big plot line because we're going to start a war with them at the beginning. Right. Yeah. Then you've got the mirror universe coming in, which honestly would have been enough for like a Star Trek show or yeah, a season. The mirror right. universe thing is something that was mined in the original Star Trek and like, cool, you're bringing that back. I get right. it. All this other stuff. Um, then you've got this red angel whole universe. All of life is going to end and wedged into that. You've got the kind of the dark matter shooting through space, not using the traditional warp drive. So you're going away from, 
you're going away from what Star Trek was, but then you're also introducing something that makes the rest of Star Trek seem less important. This yeah. is also my problem with the new Star Wars trilogy, right? It's like we're all it we all already love canon. what yeah. what matters. So why would you? It's fine to carry on and make something else that's unique and new, but when you're Negate. dismissing the other stuff, yeah, yeah. and you're, you're sweeping it off the table and making it unimportant. Of course, your natural reaction is going to be like, well, I don't care about this as much as that, so why would So anyway, then you're jumping forward, so now you've got the past, but you've also got the far future. It's just a, it's a lot, even if they were doing it well, there are, there, it's possible that there are too many ideas for something. I remember I mean, John Borman talked about this with Zardoz. He was like, it's possible there were too many ideas for this movie, and that's where it fails. No argument. There's All of these way too things being wedged in... And jammed in and not done well enough. And there was that whole time. AI, the big yes. sphere AI yes. thing that was taking See, over. See, I'm not even universe. touching all of them because you can't even really remember all of it. It's like all of these things. It's, you're bringing in Spock. You're bringing in, yeah. you're wedging in the family members that you never knew about before. Almost right. like wedging in Qui-Gon Jinn. Pike and like the Yoda Enterprise stuff. were brought in. Pike yeah. and them, which was one of the better parts. But still, you're throwing that in there. There's, you know, the short treks actually open it up to other things. Even right. though I like the short treks, there's... Just so much shit yep. in this. Yep. And, you know, now there's a politician and you're in the far future and I can't even really remember where the where we're going in terms of the, the conflict here and the plot line other than once again, Burnham has got this, you know, are you ready to leave? Michael's like, the captain. It's the same thing over and over again. Everyone's just so emotional and constantly just discussing everything. They just discuss, discuss. And I mean, that's always been in Star Trek. It's just not being done well. And I don't know, man. It's it's just, I I really wanted to. I tried for a long time. I'm not happy that I don't like it. I'm not trying to shit on it. No, no, I'm I'm sure they have the best intentions, but it is just a bad, bad Star Trek show. Every season has been bad. Um, They're. I just I don't know where they're going or what they're trying to do. So this is very, very telling. And you might have already looked this up. Do you know what the Rotten Tomatoes are for Star Trek Discovery season four specifically? Fuck. Um, I mean, am I am I guessing? Don't look at the screen. But yeah, yeah no, yeah, no, no, I'm not going to look. Go ahead and guess. Yeah. I mean, if I critics if, and then if audiences. I was rating it, you know, if I'm saying what I think it should be in the world, then critics gave this show like a 52, and audiences gave it like a 44. Wait a minute. Okay. Critics give season four 92% and audiences are at 20. I mean, I don't know that I've ever seen as big a spread in any Rotten Tomatoes score ever that we've looked at. Let me me touch on something that might, if we were more popular and famous, might get me in trouble, but I'm going to say it anyway. (laughs) Oh, fucking bring it. Do you think that, and this is not me trying to knock anything in progress or anything, but do you think there is any element of we want this to succeed because it's, it's what things should be. It's more by ra- there's many races represented. It's mm-hmm. all the things that it should be. It's not whitewashed. All this other stuff. So we're we're leaning into the positive. Like in my opinion, we did this a little bit. Not that they're not good because I really like both of these, but we did this a little bit with both Wonder Woman and Black Panther, where we automatically were rating it higher because it was like we're all on board. We're all rooting for this. Like this is progress. This needs to succeed. And we almost removed ourselves. The importance of the film happening took some of the grade and lifted it from the actual. I think what you're getting at is that at the end of the day, the plot and the writing of the show have to come first. 
Yeah. And all of these other things, the performances, the casting, the, um, the, uh, general, um, kind of acceptance of all people. These are all like very secondary. Obviously they're important, but they're very, very secondary. We're talking about an entertainment medium that is based on, uh, you know, fictional narrative storytelling, your storytellers and everything I just said, all of those concept uh, concepts of of acceptance and uh, and and uh, you know diversity and casting and all those things are in service of right. the plot. Right, of course, the plot of Discovery and the continuing plots of Discovery on an episode by episode or the arcs that they create are fucking terrible. And the dialogue of the characters, I don't care what color they are, the dialogue of the characters and the motivations of the characters are fucking terrible. And any writer on this show, I want to know what you think about this percentage. Because what you just said, Patrick, probably plays into why critics put it at 92 because there's some factor that they're, they're putting above all that other stuff. Right. Um, like the uh you know the 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 reaches that they've made to make it very equitable and that's all very honorable and everything but um 20% from audiences it's because it's fucking terrible yeah. you're not writing good television you're not writing good dialogue you're not no one's motivations are ever make sense and there are maybe two characters two or three out of a dozen or two, maybe two dozen characters throughout the four seasons of this show that I would say are of any quality. And Saru is one of them and he has been totally yeah. sidelined yeah. and that performance has become very neutered also because he's not doing much or he's gone. And then, um, uh, Saru played by the great Doug Jones and then, um, probably Pike. I, I mean, there's probably no, I don't mind the uh, head of Starfleet in this new, uh, season right yeah um he has moments of you know quality but um fuck man i just well, to, ugh, to, i, I yeah, don't know that's to be, all to that's beat all. it at horse um i'm with you who are you making this for if it's 20 percent? i mean yeah, that's lower yeah. Than I thought well, what be. are you doing but also um and <laughs> by I, the way the the by the way the critic number is based on 13 ratings so it's not like that's a huge swath yeah, yeah. Okay. of critics right. and then the audience store is based on 302 user rating. Right. So those are small numbers. When we talk about the the Rotten Tomato scores of big big movies, those are both the usually the critics ratings is in the hundreds and right. then the user ratings is in the tens of thousands. Right. Right. So small sample size. But I still think this is accurate to how I feel, but I'm also confused about what critics are watching. Yeah, I and look, I didn't even get into like I even forgot about like the plot, the idea of the burn or whatever <laughs> yeah, happening, coming down thing. to like a individual kid. Yep, I mean, one Kelpian. It's so fucking dumb. And then yep. like, and also like, it wasn't a satisfying idea to begin with. And now you're, and now you're having a stupid reason for it. And then, so there's been so many like apocalyptic things in this. And that's where I think like, <laughs> we're trying to top things so much and make this the most important. So it has leverage yeah, that it's undermining itself. Just have regular adventures and you're fine. Yeah. We've had, like I said, the, the AI thing, the all life is going to end in the entire universe if we don't jump to the future, the burn, which depletes Star Trek, Starfleet. And now you didn't even get this far, but um, Michael's guy, I can't even remember his name, his whole planet was destroyed. So you've had an apocalyptic oh, like, book. Yeah. yeah. So it's just like. Okay, whatever. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah, again, and the Klingon War was supposed to be the big war. It, there's just so many things. It's just overlapping on itself and folding in on itself, and it all sucks. Um, and it's disappointing. Love Lower Decks. 
And, yeah, it and, really well. And to, to try to swing this in to find some positive, yeah, some yeah. silver lining out of it, I finally just finished Star Trek Voyager. Oh, nice. nice. So the only series I, I have, have left that I have not seen is Enterprise, except now I will not have seen it. Discovery because I'm gonna. That's gonna be the next one I tackle. I'm okay. I'm okay giving up on Discovery for now until something changes. I will try to watch Strange New Worlds. Yeah, me and too. And I I'm unfortunately that, feel like I will watch Picard season two. Picard I will too, season and I one was on Picard, so bad. I will too. Picard was it more. It still doesn't bother me as much as Discovery, man. I'm just. I I care more about Picard. So from a subjective point, it bothers me more because Discovery doesn't. Yes, I, ruin anything. Yes, yes. But Discovery as a as show, Discovery go, goes on, it is more and more maddening God, to us that yeah. it, that it's occurring. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So um, did you? Oh, by the way, this is in my news section. But did you read that uh, Picard season two, which is still in production or they're finishing production, got shut down the other day because like twenty no. percent of the crew totally. got. <laughs> oh Jesus! Well, may, might be a good thing. No, yeah, no that's ne- never good. That's thing, what was might, in a few yeah, articles. Was just like praise. We uh, finally yeah. shut it down. <laughs> Maybe there is a god. No, um, yeah. let me let me just say real quickly though about Discovery. You yeah. know, dated in and of its time, but honestly, man, I know a lot of people. I know it's kind of split. People like Discovery. Some people do not like Discovery. Sure. I much prefer Discovery to Deep Space Nine, and Discovery, in fact, is probably on an episode to episode basis when it hits its stride, which is about three seasons in, which is true of a lot of Star Trek series. Um, for me, episode to episode, probably most enjoyable for me outside of Next Generation. So um, you've said Discovery the last few sentences. I meant Voyager every okay. time I said that. Right, That's right, how right. maddening Discovery makes no, me. No, no, sure. I'm just we gotta free, we got to take that out of our uh, vocabulary. Yeah, I know. Um, I know. Okay, so you've so been Voyager. rewatching Voyager, and uh, uh, you you put it above. Yeah, it's just a B. DS9. Yeah, it's just a B version of Next Generation. It's what Star Trek should be to me. It's yeah. it's week to week. There is an overarching thing because they're trying to get home, but it's week to week adventures. Some are strong, some are not. But the ones that are strong are really good. Uh, Janeway is a really strong character. It's I it's a Janeway. great female yeah. lead yeah. Uh, captain. There's some characters in the crew that aren't as good. Like I said, it's it's next generation light. This is going to take me a very long time, but you know I'm only halfway through season two of Voyager on a first watch. Okay, so it's yeah. going to take you haven't a even long gotten time. into yeah. Seven of Nine, which right. is really where Not they go. All. And I don't like love all the choices they did with the board, but like at least that's kind of remind me. Does um does Kess leave? Yes. And then, but Neelix is always there? Neelix stays, but he's in a different capacity once. Well, he's still somewhat, in somewhat a different capacity once Kess is gone. Because I like, that drives I like so Kess, but uh, Neelix sucks. Um, yeah, yeah, listen, they're not, there are other characters that I don't love in There's the a lot either. of characters that the are The same great, as Next yeah. Generation. But, oh, to that point, I was just going to say, maybe the character that I hate more than anyone in any Star Trek <laughs> series ever in Discovery is, is it Tilly with the red hair? Oh, in Discovery, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. So um, now I'm going back to Discovery. I know People I'm about to defend Tilly every so, day. So let me just I'm, say, I'm just like we've no. never gotten so absurd with. You literally need to be able to function on the ship. It, I understand that people are shy, or we're trying to be empowering to people whose personalities. I get all that. However, if you look at Next Generation. Wesley being there and not being a functioning adult and that creating problems and him needing to overcome things. He's still this genius kid. That's why he's there. He's still in service of the fucking ship. Like he still can be relied upon. There is no realm in fiction or fantasy or nonfiction where someone who is like that would be anything but a lower decks character. Completely incompetent, but an officer. It is actually, um, it's irresponsible to put her in charge of anything where people's lives are in jeopardy. And it sends the wrong message 
to try to tell people that if you are this, that you then will still get this job. If you want to have a long arc with her where she gets better and better at things yes. and then is later they rewarded. They totally dropped the, her command training uh, like storyline because that came maddening. up like a season or two ago. She's she wants to go in for command and she and like show some progress. It no, they're the not even going to bullshit nope, I have just, ever seen. Well, I agree with everything everything you said even though it feels semi-problematic, but this is the problem is that our instinct now is like, eh, but maybe we shouldn't maybe no. we should but no. Because, again, this is fiction. It's storytelling, and there is a precedent for this. You are writing into a world that already exists, and you're you're – fundamentally changing the rules, which I guess I, I think that it's just a, it's, it's a writer's room of people that are not Star Trek people, which is in theory fine. Right. I think that's a problem, but in theory it's fine that you're just writers. And you clearly have such huge egos that you are deliberately saying, you know what? No, we can create an entirely different dynamic with these people, we're gonna. It's gonna be heavy drama. It's gonna be heavy emotion, and it's gonna be whatever we say it's gonna be. Which is that all these people that are totally not qualified to be on a starship are on a starship. They're on the bridge. They are. They are the ones in charge, and none of them show any characteristics whatsoever of being on a starship. Which we have. 50 60 years of precedent with this show you want to go make this show with all these weirdos on a starship don't call it star trek go write some other show yeah where yeah. there's a you know there's a bunch of dark sci-fi out there and different sci-fi out there go yeah. write another show but it is counter to everything star trek stands for yeah, you're taking everything people like and let's just undo that and let's and it seems to be that as seasons go on they are ignoring that criticism because what else can I can I glean from this other than that you must be aware yeah, of doubling, this criticism. They're doubling down. You are literally doubling down, putting twice as much of the drama, twice as much of the stupidity. What? Because you think it's Listen, good or because you're trying to fuck sorry, with us? Because, political, oh. political trigger alert, but it's the, it's the Trump can- canon. It's the... It's the We've been called on something. There's no turning back. Yeah. I'm going to literally yeah, you. add an insult onto the insult. Yep. You know what I mean? And, and full steam ahead. So, yeah. And well, yeah. so to to just, again, try to bring it around to something positive. Voyager does not do that. Voyager yeah. plays the hits. It's not as good as Next Gen, but it is um, it, yeah. it is a valiant uh, I'm excited attempt. to get through it. And, uh, and you'll, have you, you'll enjoy Have you not of watched any of Enterprise? I have, yeah. Okay. When it was on, I watched but, but I yeah. need to, I missed episodes, saw them here and there. I'm also about halfway I need through to go season two, through. I think. Okay, so um, you're watching that one as well. Yeah. So yeah, and, and again, the original Star Trek series, I'm not saying Voyager is superior. I'm saying, like, conceptually, the original Star Trek series to me is still is like the most the perfect thing yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe sure. in any fiction ever. Sure, sure, sure. However, being dated as it is and being the low budget that it is, there are episodes that I still think really shine, and then there are episodes where you you have to commit right to getting through yeah. that. I've watched season the original Star Trek twice, like through as a kid, sure. And then when I got older, I revisited it, so I've done it. But in terms of just sitting down and going through the series, Next Generation is on a different level. Obviously, that's really in yeah. terms of TV what I love about Star Trek. Voyager's the next most enjoyable that I've had. I mean, not That's counting cool. Lower Decks, not counting like, you know, kind of yeah, a different thing. Yeah, yeah. And not counting Orville, which is also, yeah, not, you know, yeah, right Star there. Trek, but it's great. But um, yeah, it's everything to schedule. God, I can't out. wait for that new Orville season, which uh, should be semi-soon, I think, in, in the in the spring. Yeah, uh, very excited for that. Probably. Very excited for that. Um, Want to get into some news here? Yeah, let's, let's move on. Um, unfortunately, I'm going to start with uh, some recent deaths. 
Um, it's been really a rough few weeks for the entertainment business. Some big ones, man. Some legends. Um, firstly, John Madden died. I know that's not necessarily, you know, no, he's, as an, much, he's an entertainer, he's a, particularly in the sports world and video yeah, gaming world. I right. Mean, I was going to say video games and uh, and uh, yeah, commentating and everything. Yeah. So he had kind of a moving tri- moving tributes online. You really realized how many people just from playing Madden football, which I was never a big gamer, but just having his voice narrate them through so many of their kind of happy times. There were yep. some really nice things written, and that was secondary. That was just him lending his voice to the game because he did actual football games. Sure. You know, so it's interesting that he such a legacy for that. I drove into Vegas, right, as after he died. I forget if it was hours after or it was a half mm. a day later, and uh, you know, the Raiders Stadium was all done up. All of the signage oh, had nice. his photo yeah. on it and everything, and yeah. it was pretty cool um we also lost jean marc valet died at 58 years old he's a wonderful director he directed dallas buyers club he yeah. d- directed a couple of recent tv shows that were great big little lies and sharp objects how did he die um do we know they, i think they believe it's a heart attack but uh, I, I didn't hear any more than that um or i didn't i didn't dig any more than that but that was kind of like oh my god he's so young and he was one of our best directors yeah, um, unlike so many other of these, as sad as it always is when you go, a lot of these were, were very old, you yes, know, uh, yes. kind of legends who had had really long, successful lives. And so, it's always less terrible when that happens. Exactly. Betty White being one of them, she was 99. It was pretty wild because she was only, I think, two weeks shy or three weeks shy of her The magazines birthday. were on the shelf. Yeah, man. already. Like, yeah. I don't think we've ever had anything like that. I'm not sure like, why you would do that though because you know that the chances are are always high, high when you're that age no matter <laughs> Sorry, how you're you know you seem yeah. perfectly fine um and then of course Sidney poitier died at 94 years old Fucking he was legend. quite old but a wonderful man um he used to come into the apple store that i work at i worked at a lot and uh some of the other creatives uh, we were essentially teachers and the uh, there were a lot of celebrities that came in with with uh, a membership so they could sit down and learn with us yeah. and um he was one of our regulars um i only taught him once maybe and i don't really remember it because it's just it's hard to access those memories i should have you know committed it more to memory but uh, some of my good friends taught him many 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 times and just spoke so highly of him uh, that he was a truly wonderful person and very loving and giving even to us lowly Apple store employees. He was very um, like generous with his time and his wisdom and all those things. So um, yeah, it seemed like such a, such a, like a gentleman and you know, he he carried himself with just dignity. I think that's probably the best word you could use for him and probably will always be most uh, well known for guess who's coming to get dinner and in the heat of the night, just in regards to like, you know, um, groundbreaking, yeah, moments and taking on race cinema, and everything yeah. else. But to me, I remember in school we watched um, A Raisin in the Sun, and um, highly, highly recommend. I, I think it holds up. It's, I mean, it's one of those kind of plays on film, mm-hmm. but in regards to just kind of the, I mean, I'm speaking as a, a white middle aged guy, but sure. like the the black experience um, for a family, you know what I mean, in the United States, uh, and then also if you've never seen the Defiant ones. Yeah, please, please, please check out the Defiant ones. It's such a simple idea of these two convicts, one white, one black, he and Tony Curtis, being chained together and on the run um, and just everything that happens from yeah. that. But um, but also really, really good. I would have been a... Like nothing a, to lose. <laughs> exactly. Not as funny. Um, I would have been a fan uh, just based on one of our uh, uh, mentioned before mentioned um, hidden gems, uh, The Jackal. 
Oh uh, God, yeah. But certainly, just a footnote. In, Why is uh, he in, in this movie? man's career? There's no reason for it, but I love it, and he makes it even yeah, better. There's a really moment good. where he says, "The good guys don't hide." Yeah, and it's just like, yeah. So you needed Sidney yeah. Poitier. He, he does. He he does. It's so a long good. A. Yeah, or yeah. A, high, a, high, uh, a long I. Yeah. Yeah. High, so dude. good. So good. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. but yeah, legends, legends, all absolutely. Uh, and uh, then, um, and then, of course, Bob Saget. Yeah, that's another one of the ones that's just tragic to me and and just sucks man um not not a super young man but definitely not an old man 65 and being unexpected Um, look he went in his sleep presumably uh just you know know, went to sleep and didn't wake up um and you know certainly seems like a peaceful way to go but at the same time you know one of the most heartbreaking things i've seen is Chappelle was talking about, you know, he's like, he texted me a couple weeks ago. I was just busy. I just didn't text him back. He's like, and yeah. he's like, just a reminder, reach out to everybody because yep. it's, you know, time is fleeting. And he's yep. like, it just, it'll always bother me that I, he was like, it wasn't anything where I was ignoring it. I was just busy. And I was like, yeah. oh, I'll hit him up later. It is what it is. Now yeah. he's gone. So, and for us, for people our age, I mean, you know, not that these are like high art necessarily, but between Full House and America's Funniest Home Videos, yep, like so Bob iconic. Saget was in my living room, you know, yep. as like a father figure yep. a lot growing up. So I can't even imagine that funeral. I know that everyone attended and uh, how terrible, how totally yeah. he was their father, you know. And a great, great, you know, in a totally different way. I mean, he did this family humor yeah. with like a real heartbeat to it. But on stage, you know, a great kind of dirty comedian. comedian, And it's just awesome that he was able to walk those two. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll never forget my first exposure to that was not his stand-up, but seeing him in Half-Baked, the Chappelle movie, (laughs) standing up and saying, you're no drug addict. I suck dick for crack. You ever suck dick for... Wait, no, I can't say that I have. Like, that whole sequence, I was like, this is fucking Bob Saget. You ever suck dick for weed? Yeah, Yeah, for weed, that's what it was. And then, like, and, you know, somebody had to explain to me, oh, no, that's his his stand-up and stuff. That's his humor. So, anyway... uh, uh, big loss Absolutely. and you know, rest in peace. He was uh, he he was uh, he was great. Um, I think that's enough of the death. I've got a really fun fact for you. It is uh, a Lay fictional fact, but do you know what twenty twenty two fact? Do you know what twenty twenty two is? It's the year that the gold in Fort Knox is no longer irradiated from oh, Goldfinger. You, you <laughs> lovely, lovely human being. For, the fact it's that you are eight years of, fact of that radiation you are bringing this up. <laughs> Your, your, the, the gold won't be accessible for 58, 58 years. years. Yeah, the way he says it to him, it's an inspired plan. Gold well, we finger. can go in there now. I, God, <laughs> Kelly, you've really we can made have my our, day. We I, can have our gold back. I can't tell you how happy I am right now. <laughs> I knew you'd know, love that one. Yeah. Um, I, I credit wow, Reddit, that is great. I, I credit a Reddit comment with that. <sighs> it was just something innocuous that someone wrote, so that's a, that's very funny. That is great. Well, good for you, Reddit. Um, so Thank I you. will say that I, I, I'm taking a stance on this because, uh, of course, it's kind of Oscars season uh, the oscars will be taking place in march this year and uh, presumably they will you know follow the same <laughs> rules yeah. as last year i don't really know but we we will see nominations somewhat soon maybe you know end of january yep. early yeah, february or something like that the golden globes normally are a lead into the oscars um as in what happens at the golden globes usually dictates the oscars to some extent or at least the 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 opinion of yeah of definitely everything. definitely well the golden globes already happened <laughs> they happened like a week ago they were not de- they were not televised overnight no one cared and no one cared and uh, i didn't even look up the winners because the whole point <laughs> here is that we're trying to ignore the golden globes as an institution uh, i say we i don't know i don't care but i guess the point is that the hollywood foreign press has not gotten much great press in recent yeah. years, um, yeah. ironically. 
and um, they are not necessarily making good choices about representation, and uh, and they're 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 clearly ignoring things that should not be ignored. Which you could apply this to the Oscars as well. The Academy has some of the same problems, um, but on a on a year by year basis, the 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 frustration with what gets nominated and what gets ignored um, is, is kind of mounting and uh, you know, it's, it's nothing new. You could look back in the history of the Oscars forever and say the same thing. Um, But uh, I think that the point here is that if we can limit how many things we give uh, kind of credence to or, or weight to uh, that would be good. That would probably be good for the entertainment business. That would probably be good for people's, uh, I don't know, interpretation of what is a quality thing. Like right, if, if, right. if these award shows just simply didn't happen, there was no definitive end of the year thing that went here are the 10 best movies yeah, or here's yeah. the best movie. It probably would allow us to be a little bit more um, open to everything. I, I do kind of agree uh, I, with I you, feel, man. It, it, it's um, interesting because I, the Oscars as an institution and the Academy Awards has always been something that's probably not has going so away, much so, prestige, yeah. And, yeah. and and I want it to be what we pretend it is. I think everybody, a lot of people do. I think that's a good way to put it. it you know, it, it, we it's, do pretend. Yeah, it, it's just because you know, like everything in Hollywood, it's all fake, but then right. it's got some reality and what weight you give it. Um, I am just so kind of bummed out to be I'm as disillusioned and as uninterested in the Oscars as I've ever been and we're yeah. we're coming up on our 100th anniversary especially I, last year was terrible right i mean that was that uh, event I, I could the, talk for at the train station was so, so bad. stupid but you know as a kid who grew up and did watch the Oscars and that meant something to me even when i didn't even understand the movies that were the ones that won right like when it was like too adult for me or or whatever it was it was still like just an important thing. I remember the first Oscars my mom and dad ever let me sit up for. Yeah. I remember Whoopi Goldberg saying for anybody out there right now, any kids that are dreaming of being on the stage one day, you I remember that this. whole thing. That's wonderful. It, yeah. It's embedded in my mind. When I first got to Hollywood, moved out to L.A., going to the Kodak um, yeah. Dolby Theater and, and looking at all the winners and yep. you know, all that stuff really does matter to me. However, you know, just learning the political game and like everything, what it is and how it's campaigning and everything else kind of took the wind out of my sails even then. And then just the way it's kind of slowly uh, descended, you know, the last like 15 years in reputation, I think just steadily descended one thing after the other. And like you said, certain movies that they don't take as seriously – even if they're just as good. Oh, that's yes. not an Oscar winning movie. That's not an Academy Award winning movie. And that stuff just turns me off so much that I, yeah. I, I bookmarked in my mind, you know, 1927, 1928 as the 100th anniversary of the Oscars. I, oh, I'll be around for that. Like, yeah. I'll watch the 100th Oscars. You know, yeah. I remember when the 90th came around, I thought that, right? And I hope that I'm excited again when it gets here. Right. I will watch them if they're on. But it's kind of a drag for it to be coming up on such a – this is a 100-year legacy of something that was considered the standard of excellence for film, for this yes. industry that we like, for this medium and art form and entertainment that we like. And it sucks that it's not great. You know what I mean? Like it, that just sucks. It um, has no business not being a, 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 a high integrity and yeah, a high great. caliber of, of event and, uh, and organization. And I'm not sure that it is. Right. So yeah, that's all fine. But we'll see. We've got a couple of months uh, to see what the nominations are and yeah, how still rooting how, for it. How yeah, exactly. Um, did you know that the Mirage Hotel in Vegas was purchased by Hard Rock? So currently, the Mirage is part of the MGM Group, and apparently, it won't be. Well, we think huh, okay. um, because Hard Rock in Vegas closed, 
you know, it was an off strip property. Yeah. It closed. They took down the guitar, and it is now called the Virgin Hotel. It's a Virgin Resort. That sounds boring. So yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> nice. It's clean. Whatever they re, they did a, a very a light remodel of it. Yeah. Um. And so the hard rock branding is gone. All that music branding is gone, and the guitar yeah. is gone. Yeah. But now, the Mirage will become the Hard Rock, which is an on-strip property, and presumably that guitar yeah. will be out front of the Mirage. Right. You know what that means? It means that the final sequence of Con Con Air Air. will finally become (laughs) geographically accurate. That the guitar is on the strip, down at the end of the strip, where the Riviera used to be, sort of. Uh, (laughs) I just wanted to... I really love you, I just wanted to put that out there. Oh, my God. Um, Between the radiation, this is is an (laughs) all-time high for me. These are fictional facts. Wow. Um, These are great. Because that always pissed me off when I was little. When Con Air came out, uh, being a a child of of Vegas, Vegas, I was just like, that's not where the hard rock guitar is. The hard rock guitar is way off the strip. Um, But now it will be pretty close close to where it kind of was supposed to so be funny, in, in the movie. So funny. Um, and it's funny, too, because as this news came out, I was at the Mirage. I stayed at the Mirage for almost two weeks um, over Christmas. Nice. So I was nice. like uh, picturing it. Um, so You've that, seen the trailer of uh, the, un, what is it, the unbearable weight of, of massive talent. Massive talent. Yeah, talent. we've talked about this, yeah. With the, the but I'm just thinking the moment yeah, where yeah, that yeah. guy goes, no, I'm an adult. I've seen Face Off and Con Air. Yeah, like uh, when he yells those Why would two. I see Croods too? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, oh, no, that's it's great. great. That's um, great. That movie Deep Water with uh, Ana de Armas and Ben Affleck yeah. was yeah. apparently sold to Hulu and Amazon, meaning I think it'll air on Hulu and then Amazon internationally soon. It it's a Disney property. That's the fucking weirdest thing. Because I yeah, it's one of Disney's studios that made it originally, but uh, they sold it off, and I don't know why. And presumably, whatever it streams on, uh, we'll watch it, and hopefully, it'll be good. But yeah, that is super strange. weird. Yeah, that is strange. Um, John Wick chapter chapter four was delayed. Um, until 2023. Originally, I didn't realize that Matrix Resurrections and this were supposed to be the same day. They were Whoa. planning to release them on the same day. That's really weird. So, uh, so now we're moving yet another year. Um, ArcLight Hollywood is famously closed, and yes. the ArcLight brand is mostly disbanded. But it sounds like the remainder of the brand of ArcLight might continue. With a single location, which is Arclight Hollywood, which is better because it's yeah, got the dome the and everything. One. Come on. And it seems like uh, it might be a while, though, because, excuse me, right before the pandemic, they were doing major renovations to some of their flagship locations. Like Arclight Chicago is like this grand palace of oh, a beautiful man. place. And then they closed. And presumably they're going to lose that location. I don't know the story of the Chicago one. But the point is that Arclight Hollywood, even though it's a nice theater, is up for this renovation. They want right, it to be right. like that that design. And so I think the story is from the inside that they uh, are starting that remodel and it's going to be like at least a year. And it's going to be a massive internal remodel okay. of our clients. Okay. So, um, and I think I read something to the effect of because we can't just reopen the dome. The dome presumably would stay untouched because the dome doesn't operate enough revenue yeah. to justify yeah. being open as right. one screen. Right. So, uh, so we'll see. Um, also in the news, um, <laughs> Jeff Garland left the Goldbergs. <laughs> there was a bunch of like crazy shit. Yeah, man. That was him. weird. Weird, weird, uh, weird thing. I mean, he's kind of like one of the main reasons that show's still going, but, uh, I mean, 
I don't know. Oh, you he, can say he, it's weird. He seems, uh, yeah, like <laughs> odd. Stick to curb your enthusiasm. I think yeah. that environment will be yeah, just fine for exactly. him. Exactly. Maybe you don't do the family stuff <laughs> yeah. because you seem kind of odd. Right. Um, the Did you watch the Hollywood Re- Reporter Roundtables this year? Can I just say one thing before yeah, yeah. that? I Go did ahead. not watch those, but it is interesting to me that a guy who literally the whole shtick was he comes home and immediately takes his pants off and sits <laughs> in his tidy whities yeah. is now leaving the show for people are uncomfortable. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yep. it, Sorry. Of just course. Of course. Drop that in there. So it's just like, why anyway, can't people anyway, just be fucking I normal? I don't know. Um, so, <laughs> uh, no, didn't watch the, the round tables. They're not particularly well done this year, but one thing I've always had an issue with, cause they do these every year, these Hollywood reported round tables, they put them on YouTube right. and they just gather up some of the, the best actors yeah. and actresses from the year. Sometimes they do more like directors and other people, but they just did an actor and actress panel this year. And, um, what I usually hate about them is that the moderator is so obnoxious. And usually that's the mm. case. The The woman moderating the actors panel this year was really wonderful. And it oh, was cool. a very cool. wonderful chat. It's not particularly well produced. The show is not, uh, it, it, there's not much to it. They're just sitting around a table. The sound is actually really bad. The cinematography, the camera is not great. Um, it, it has no business not being good. You could throw a rock and hit wonderful technicians yeah. in this town yeah. so i don't know how they Weird. with this, this tal- caliber of talent at the table i don't know why they couldn't get good people um but the sound is really bad and um anyways the point is uh it's a wonderful chat though because you have nicholas cage and you have um andrew garfield and you have um uh, a, a, oh god i'm blanking on who i uh, peter dinklage and yeah. uh, some other right. people it's Great. really wonderful um chat um i also saw on imdb that edge of tomorrow 2 is in production yeah i heard that. that's kind of exciting um i love edge of tomorrow um and uh let's see oh i have two other things these are miscellaneous items uh i love the alamo theater in downtown yes you've yes. been we love yep. it yeah um they finally allowed first time since covid me to restart my annual pass or my at my, oh, my season nice. pass. So it's 30 bucks a month, but you can go every day. Yeah. 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 Um, and then they, they charge you some fees on top of that. It's not that bad, but if I have the ability to go, then it's really worth it. Right. If I right. Could, because their tickets are some of the highest prices in yeah, LA. They're yeah, 20 yeah. bucks a ticket. So for 30 bucks a month, it's like if I go twice, go to two movies, done. you've already yeah. doubled. Yeah. Um, exactly. And I have a good meal. I mean, honestly, yeah, <laughs> so, I was going to say, and that's the, food the is good. Yeah. that's the thing for AMC too. It's like with just with ticket prices, just two, it's like, okay, two, two movies, a three month, yeah. movies a month, then I've right. already paid for it. And yeah, why yeah exactly. Not? So I got to make sure I go and, uh, and, and utilize it. Um, and then the last thing I'll mention, this is not really in news as much as it's something I forgot to mention last time. Did you know that Brent Spiner, famously data on Star Trek, right. wrote a book. No. He wrote a book and it's called um it's called Fan Fiction. Okay. And it came out maybe two months ago, I think like late November or something right, like that. Right, right. Um and uh our friend Clay Keller, friend of the podcast, uh who's also a big TNG fan, tweeted about it. And I was like, what the fuck? I hadn't even heard about it, and he he had a picture of like the front of the book, and it just says "fan fiction" by Brent Spiner. And then, um, then I looked up what it is, and it is so. This meta shit is really getting to me. I love it so much. He wrote a novel, a fictional story of all of of him and all of the cast of TNG <laughs> during the filming of. 
later seasons of TNG. I don't think it really okay. says exactly okay. what year. Um, where Brent Spiner goes on a true crime investigation <laughs> along with including the the cast of the show um, for stuff happening around them on the set of Star Trek of a, of a, a, like of potentially murders and things. And so it's this fever dream of a story. I want this to be a movie. Didn't happen, but we don't know that it's not based on right. something that right. happened to him and right. that he just expanded upon it. Right. But clearly this is what Brent Spiner was doing during COVID. This is And fantastic. so here's the best part. So then I read that and I replied to Clay's tweet immediately like, oh my God, I can't believe this exists. This is so fantastic. And so I'm going on Amazon to like order the book immediately. And then I find out that there's an audio book by Brent Spiner, where every cast member reprises no their role. fucking way. And so immediately I download the audiobook and I binged it. It's like a seven hour audiobook and I listened Dude. to the whole thing in a row. Okay. And That's it was so entertaining. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. It's just a fun Brent Spinery thing, but it is so primed. I mean, Dude. here's the thing. Oh my God. Here's the thing. We have to respect the medium of books, right? And I, I personally do audiobooks because I, I struggle with reading printed word. I right, just right, can't right. do it very easily. I'm not one of those people. But I listen to audiobooks a lot. And um, and I have to respect the fact that if this never goes beyond an audiobook, that's fine. That's sure. appropriate sure. and fine. Sure. And there's probably no production company in the world that would make this. But God, do I want them to make this? Wouldn't it be incredible if they animated it like Lower Decks? That's what I was getting at. It was like, how would you even do it? Because you really can't bring everybody back, but you want their voices. Yeah, unless you did, um, what was the the show? I mean, it was ridiculous. What Hot American Summer Style, where Uh they all come back at their age and and don't acknowledge it, and they play it like they're young. (laughs) That would be great, I don't uh, think. Or, (laughs) again, this would end up looking really weird and not being satisfying, I'm sure, but we do actually have the technology to de-age people. We did it with Irishmen. I think there is a world in which you could recast everyone. That, too. I was going to say that's the third option. you rebuild faithfully all of the sets of TNG, and you oh, set a show oh, you're making me. on those sets without it being about Star Trek. So though. wet right now. Isn't that great? <laughs> I love it. Listen. I love it. Anyways, the book is great. It's so entertaining. It's not the best novel ever made, but it is so good uh, for us. Bro, if it's you, so for us. If you recasted this entire thing, <laughs> drunk history style, you dubbed the actual actors' <laughs> yes. voices on for every single word. <laughs> that would be so weird. So weird. <laughs> oh, there's 12 versions of this I want to have. So shout out I'm to Clay Keller because he got me Thank uh, you, onto Clay. it. But, but then the best part is I retweeted or I, I, I uh, replied to his tweet, by the way. There's an audiobook Amazing. where everyone does the voices. And I don't know if you listen to the audiobook, but it's the only way to this do it. Is great. It's the only way to do it this is the is audiobook. So, great. so get the audiobook of this. Exciting. And uh and and it's called Fan Fiction by Brent Spiner. And uh we love you, Brent, because it was wonderful. Very exciting. Um that's all I have for news. I guess I could talk a little bit about upcoming and then uh we'll we'll start to wrap up this podcast because yeah, we're yeah. already over two hours. <laughs> um it's been a while. So did you did you see that Morbius uh got moved again? Um the the list that I have is that Morbius was originally July tenth, twenty twenty, then got moved to July thirty first, then March nineteenth, twenty twenty one, then October, then January, then January, now April. It's the seventh move of this movie. 
uh, Morbius, which takes place in the in the Sony Marvel world. Yeah, uh, it might overlap Venom with all and of them. Who knows? Yeah, we don't really know, but uh, pretty weird. I assume that means it's not great, but uh, or they don't trust that it's going to make a lot of money or something. But uh, anyways, um, also coming up in a couple of weeks, we've got Cyrano. The I'm excited about that. Joe Wright see movie. It. Joe Wright's an great. outstanding director, and so I'm I'm on board, even though I don't like musicals. Classic story too, um, and I don't like that period. But I think I like the other elements enough. Joe Wright is is really a great filmmaker, so I I just think yeah. it's got to be good, yeah. right? And it's Roxanne. Um, I mean, if you've seen that movie, I actually have never seen Roxanne. <laughs> oh, great movie. Yeah. Um, is that what Roxanne is? It's a yeah. it's a, the, a bait the, and switch person. The love traditional story. Yeah. Uh, story is actually called Cyrano or something like right. that, but it's about a guy with his his disfigurement is a long nose, yeah. right? And then they upgraded that story. There's a couple versions of that on screen. I didn't know and that's what Roxanne Gerard Depardieu yeah. did one. Right. And then there's like a big long one, and then there's um that was in that period, same period as as this one, and then they updated it with Steve Martin and uh-huh. had him have the long nose, but it was modern day. Yeah, and now they're taking it back to the original time period and making it a musical, except instead of having the nose, he's, he's you know a dwarf, yeah, a little so. person, yeah. It, very interesting. Um, Moonfall is coming up in a few weeks. Uh, the Roland Emmerich <laughs> blockbuster. Yes, I will be there. Yeah, I will, I will be definitely there. be there because there's not many Ridiculous movies coming as it out. Is, so, yeah. whatever. Um, Pixar has got a movie coming up that is not going to theaters. I think that's really weird. Huh. It's called Turning Red. And how often does a Pixar movie not you know, get that treatment? Um, maybe once, but, right? Um, I think Planes was like the only one that. I oh, can you know that's that no that. Planes. I don't think is Pixar. Oh, is it not? I think it's like it's part of the Pixar universe from Cars, but I think it oh, might weird. not be Pixar. Weird. I think that was an example Maybe of so. where they took the IP and they went, "We're going to make this with the uh-huh. in-house company because probably it was beneath Pixar." Yeah, to oh, be honest, seemed like it. Um, yeah. I could be wrong, but I think that might okay. be true. Um, I'm also seeing notices that the uh, rooftop concert um, that the Beatles did is getting an IMAX yep. release. Just uh, told me about this, January 30th. So that might be interesting to see. I right? would see it. Um, yeah, I, that's on my radar. Um, Raised by Wolves season two is starting February 3rd. I will be watching it, even though it's not the greatest show ever. But um, I, there's just there's just something in I me that be. wants to continue watching be. it. Um, Aziz Ansari has a Netflix special coming up January 25th. Um, I'll probably listen to that. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. most excitedly, have you heard <laughs> about Murderville? No. <laughs> okay. I have to read this right off the page. Um, it is an upcoming Netflix comedy. Uh, let's see. It's produced, executive produced, and stars Will Arnett as senior detective Terry Seattle, Homicide Division. Every day holds a new murder to solve and a new celebrity guest star as his partner. The catch? The guest stars aren't given a script. And as they assist <laughs> Terry clue by clue, they have to improvise their way through the case. Yes. <laughs> I'm on board. <laughs> so this is a new Netflix show. It's coming up in a couple of weeks, and it says uh, uh, it is oh my God, based, on, based on a BBC series called Murder and Successful. Um, the Arnett-led comedy will feature celebrity guests Annie Murphy, Conan O'Brien, Ken Jeong, Kumail Nanjiani, Marshawn Lynch, and Sharon Stone. Yes. Which is a wild. Sharon Stone. Yeah, wild group of people. <laughs> wow. That is, this, um, is, this is crazy. And isn't I'm this board. really wild? Very excited. Anyways, very excited uh, about new, this. new show coming up very, very soon. Hilarious. Uh, what day? Can't February wait. 3rd. Can't wait. Um, there are some trailers that look fun, like The Lost City. Did you watch mm-hmm. that trailer? Yep. Yep. Um, Uncharted. Probably will be bad. Yeah, but it looks, probably will be bad. Because it's based on a video game. 
So wanted it to be good. Is. Wanted it to be the new um, Indiana Jones. The unbearable but... weight of massive talent, of course. Can't wait. Great uh, there's trailer. a wild sci-fi A twenty four movie called Everything Everywhere All at yeah. Once. That yeah, that also looks really I'm good. I'm interested in that one. So uh, that's that's trailers and upcoming. I think we should uh, hightail it into Rotten Tomatoes scores. Let's hightail. Uh, it. We're doing Spider Man. All okay. the Spider Mans. <laughs> okay. Wow. Good. I should have known. I should have known. So the O2 OG uh, Spider Man with Tobey Maguire. Yep. We're going to start um, with that one, which is to this day my favorite. I still uh, well in the Spider Verse. Let's one. see if it's everyone's favorite. It is not, um, <laughs> but it is. It is. I think you know highly regarded. Sure. Two thousand two. Um, I'll say uh, audi- uh, critics for uh, Sam Raimi's original Spider Man uh, are at uh, eighty three. And audiences are at an 85. 90 and 67. I thought that was pretty 67 low. 67 yeah. for audiences? Yeah. I feel like that's dipped through the years that as wild? others have come out. That's at based the time, on 250,000-plus ratings. Um, Insane to yeah. me. So, that movie was the first of... You can say whatever you want about X-Men and all the new Marvel stuff. That was the superhero movie to me that knocked the doors in for the modern superhero. For the, like everything for we the know. style of yes. today. It yes. looked like yes. the comic book had come to life. Obviously, Tim Burton did something of his own with Batman, and then there were other Batman movies. No, it and is Superman was its own thing, too. What we know now. But that yeah. was the one that, that started it off, man. That was, And it's weird to me that that was only six years before Iron Man. It feels like 20 years separated it those does. two. It does. It really does. But it's does. weird that it was right around the corner, and Dark shows, Knight three years later. It shows how um, amazing Iron Man is. Yeah. Um, anyway, Spider-Man Two. Spider-Man Two, I think, is was always considered the top Spider-Man movie. I, I'm going to say crit, critics then 95 and audiences 96, 93 and 82, 82 from audiences. So that actually low, makes yeah. me happy because I I just never thought that one was as good as everyone. I thought it was right, good, right. but I didn't understand what separated that one from the first one. All right, um, Spider-Man, Spider-Man three, three, 2007. hot garbage. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, critics, good. critics, 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 68 and audiences 50. Wow. You are incredibly good on this one. 63 and 51. Okay. Yeah, well done. Yeah. Feels right. Uh, if it does feel right. So the amazing Spider-Man again, I defend this one. I think it's much better than people say. I realize it's just a rehash of that's part of the problem. Yeah, the but, other origin. Yeah. Um, I'll do critics for this one. Uh, 72 and, Audiences sixty eight, seventy two, and seventy seven. So, oh, good. Okay, yeah. yeah it's yeah, it yeah. shouldn't. It wasn't a bad movie. Um, the second one not as Amazing Spider Man two. Yeah, Amazing Spider Man two. Um, kind of a mess. Kind of convoluted. This is critics. Cr- critics on this one fifty eight and audiences fifty two. 52 and 64. So also oh. extremely close. <laughs> okay. Well done. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we get into the modern era of these uh, Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. Know, Which have all just generation. been fine to me, but people really love people them. People love them. Spider-Man Homecoming 2017. Homecoming critics 80, audiences 85. 92 and 87. Jesus. So close, 92 from a little critics. Higher, yeah. What are they looking at? Um, looking at. <laughs> um, now we are taking a detour to Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Nine, because I think no matter what, it's canon. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. 96 and 97. 97 and 93. 
okay. which is definitely yeah. in the highest yeah. of any of these. That's, that's appropriate. Um, Those are there. And then you have Spider-Man Far From Home 2019. Far From Home. This is my least favorite of yeah. all of these, by the way. I think people still liked it. They just I, they, liked I, the I, Tom I sh- Holland one. I um, shouldn't say that it's, well, yeah. There's plenty I, to I like. Did, I, I like the Jake Gyllenhaal stuff. It was fine. Yeah. Um, but I don't like the Europe stuff. I don't know. Anyways, go on. I'll say critics for this one, 83 and audiences, 86. 90 and 95. Wow. Okay. Off on that one. Thought it took a dip. Okay. Uh, it should have. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And now we end with Spider-Man No Way Home. No Way Home is seems like it's going to be really high um, based on everything. So uh, I guess I'll go critics 96 and audiences 97. 93 and 98. Yeah. 98. Pretty God wild. Damn. How many movies get even that close? I mean, that is so bananas because the movie is not that good. It yeah, is it's good. a good movie. I would say I'd it's put it in the like movie. 87 range uh, for me. Um, it's just, it's it's not a great movie. It's a good movie with a couple great elements. Yeah, some good that's ideas. A, um, there's weird. There's just uh, yeah. So that's a lot of Spider-Man then. So we've got I mean all together there. That's One, nine two, Spider-Man movies yep, if we count nine. into the Spider-Verse, and yeah. then Spider-Man also appears obviously in oh yeah Civil War. I wasn't gonna do that. So yeah, yeah, I don't care. We don't need to. Yeah. But um, I just okay. thought that was interesting, and uh, obviously people love these recent ones. Uh, really, really. Yeah. They said there's a whole other trilogy they'd like to plan with Tom Holland's character. Right. Which so, we'll sounds see. like that might happen. Yeah. Um, I, as per usual, do not have a hidden gem, but do you have one you want to talk I do. about? Cool. Um, Tell us. And actually, this came on. We've got Hulu, you know, and occasionally we sure. just bounce around on old school, like television style stuff. Right. And this came on literally last night. Um, and I don't feel like you would have seen it. I don't feel like many people our age have seen it or even heard of it. But have you ever heard of the Sean Connery, Audrey Hepburn, uh, Robin and Marion? Movie. No. So the concept for Robin and Marion is it's also got Richard Harris. It's also got, cool. um, what's his name? Robert Shaw. Oh, nice. A lot of heavy hitters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 1976, it is a movie uh, that the concept is Robin left uh, Sherwood in England and followed uh, King Richard the Lionheart and fought in the Crusades and left Marion, broke her heart, and she became a nun. And he returns as a older gentleman, um, you know, a senior citizen, we should say, to England um, to kind of try to, I don't know, rekindle with Maid Marian and the sheriff of Nottingham is still there and still has a grudge and they kind of pick up right where they left off, except they're all senior citizens. They're all right. like, creaky That's and old. That's kind of a cool take on it. I dig it, that. It's a great idea. Look, at, and it's a slow, slow burn you know, movie. It's There are some tone issues, I guess, because it's right. kind of comedy, but it's also kind of dark. Um, being older and kind of facing death, but I really enjoy it. I think it, just from, you know, everybody knows the Robin Hood story and you've probably seen the animated one and Prince of Thieves and maybe the original Errol Flynn. I think it's worth watching just because it's such a different kind of take and it's kind of the, the twilight years, right? The end, end years. What year is this lives. movie? Came out in 76. 76. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, check that out. Um, if you're interested, it's, yeah, that's I, cool. I think it's, if nothing else, it's worth watching just cause it's, it's an interesting different take on a, on a story that everybody kind of knows. Right. So, no, I dig that. That's yeah. cool. 
Um, well, I think that's it for episode 47. We've gone very late. It's uh, t- two, t- two hours. I don't even something. know what day it is. Uh, yeah, I don't even know what day it is either. Um, but Time uh, doesn't matter anymore. We're so going to play enjoy. you out with some of your childhood, if you're our, our roughly age, um, which is uh, the intro to Bob Saget's America's Funniest Home Videos. Enjoy. Um, enjoy. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Okay. We got laughs from coast to coast to make you smile. Next door, they never told you might be a star tonight, so let that kill.